22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. After last week's podcast, I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to make it to another one with all the drunk St. Patrick's people all over the fucking city. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of green pee everywhere. <laughs> it was a lot of bodies. I'm like, yo, what? do, do people pee, know how to vomit. drink anymore? Apparently no. not. They, they stopped teaching that course in schools now because of, uh, there was uh, some rumors of intoxication. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I did read a great article, though, that was uh, written um, by, uh, I think it was a black woman in Philadelphia. And she just said, you know, the difference between St. Patrick's Day, uh, it, it really proves about being white in America. She said, because imagine St. Patrick's Day, but they, all the people were black. <laughs> How many arrests would be going yeah, on? Yeah. <laughs> like you saw a large group of, of black people dressed in similar colors. All drunk, gathered Gang together. Gang fight. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that is not going well. <laughs> Let's welcome the audience before we keep busting people's chops. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 27, which is my lucky number. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, here with MFG trending everywhere, Mike the Finance Guy. I can see your dirty pillows. Everyone will. Carrie? No. Yep. Oh, right. Oh, hey, shit. I got one. one. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and uh, the master of the six claws, RT Square, a.k.a. Ralph the Spoiler, a.k.a. Ralph the Tech. I wouldn't do that if I were you, Captain. <laughs> what is, oh, um, that's Hal? Yes, right. Okay. You 2001, say, you, a space odyssey. <laughs> you, you love you some Hal. That's right. You know what's funny? I, I've never seen that movie in its entirety. Most people haven't. No. It, it's, it's, it's a long movie from what I'm hearing. It's long. It's very slow. I mean, it's a great movie. I, I've, I've seen it probably two and a half to three times. You know, we did it in film class and stuff like that. It, it is really a good movie, but it is, it's rough for most people to sit through. And especially now. I mean, if you went back, let's say, 20, 30 years, movies, you know, weren't the way they are now. The attention spans weren't the way we've geared them. Right. You know, you could probably watch a little bit more, but now there's no way in hell yeah, most audiences are going to watch that movie. When you, when you watch it, you realize that it's a tragedy. Because it's it's a, a group of humans trying to kill this marvelous machine. I mean, come on. Of course, the tech's gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what's that new movie that's that, that's coming out? Speaking of tech, the one with Johnny Depp and oh, transcendence, transcendence. That's gonna transcendence. be transcending. Yeah, to I video can't soon. decide if it looks good or not. It it, it looks like it should be good because you know it's got Johnny Depp in it. But then at the same time, it looks like. A made-for-TV movie, like you it know what I mean. Has that feel, yeah. It looks like an updated version of Lawnmower Man. <laughs> yeah, it really, think does. I've ever seen that one. Really, and jo- you, Jeff Fahey? <laughs> Never seen that. Yeah, I, I seen it by accident. Um, but <laughs> but but speaking of things, he saw uh, it by accident, like he saw Daredevil. No, Daredevil was on <laughs> purpose. Bought it. Shut up. <laughs> uh, and transcend and transcending from. Um, things that should be looking like they're going to be worthwhile. Let's do some things that should be looking good. In what the, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's try that again. Take two. Okay, fuck it. Let's just go to the quick news. <laughs> I got lost for a second. And now the quick news with Michael Finance Guy and Ralph and Cap. Good morning, Vietnam. Oh, he, what a corny line. Really, Robin Williams, no. out of all of those, you picked that one? I don't if even know why I said it. it. You, you got to do it right. right. I, I think because of the mic. He's in front of the mic. He's got the headphones. You know, I, I, I can see Good that. morning, Vietnam. Yeah, that didn't make it any better, though. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was almost as bad as your as your invitation last week of um, Bugs Bunny. Oh, no. That Bugs Bunny just goes down in hey, records. Hey, what's up, Doc? 
That that's not no. <laughs> Mike, do the quick news before he does another impersonation. <laughs> All righty, we got some quick news here. Alrighty, let's just jump right into it. Let's go. According to Variety, Disney CEO Bob Iger announced plans to develop a third Cars film as well as a sequel to 2004's. Are we all ready? The Incredibles. Oh, I love the. Yeah, Incredibles. I love the Incredibles. I haven't watched the Cars movie. Oddly, enough. is it going to be called The Incredibles Two? I, maybe or, it's going to be called More Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great, great movie. That was such a great it movie. Was, yes. um, the Incredibles director, Brad Bird, is on board for the sequel, but no details on the production team were announced for Cars 3. Another film the studio has in development. Are you ready for this one? Shoot. Finding Dory. Yes, that is a Finding <laughs> Nemo sequel. Um, uh, yeah, you got to love that one. But The Incredibles. Really, the sorry? Stupid Fish Gets Lost. I, you would imagine, right? It's <laughs> probably like the CEO of Apple right now. Um, but The Incredibles will be the fifth Pixar film to receive a direct sequel behind to- Toy Story, uh, Monsters, Inc., Cars, and Finding Nemo. So all those have had sequels. Wow. And, and I didn't see the Monsters, Inc. sequel. I haven't seen it yet either. I, I, I like the first one too much to go watch a sequel. Well, Even though I heard it was supposed to be good. It's a prequel. Oh, is it? Oh, it doesn't matter because it's, it's Monsters University. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, it still doesn't yeah, help. Yeah, but I mean, how many? Right. But but a lot of, yeah. but at least Disney's Disney's now stepping up their game. And if they're gonna do a sequel to a classic, they're at least sending it to the movies as opposed to putting it right to video like Aladdin two. Oh and, God! And, and like, Aladdin two was it straight to DVD release? Yeah. Yes. What, yeah. Oh God! Yeah. So so was the Lion King two and you know. So I'm guessing Aladdin three was also straight to DVD. I'm yeah. sure Al- so, Aladdin sixty. He's now collecting <laughs> Social Security. Aladdin you know. three was probably a porn. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing Disney's track Rub record, my magic good. lantern and see what happens. <laughs> um, alrighty, now let's take a to the small screen now. It's uh, one of my favorite comic books, but uh, I don't know if I like the news of where this is going. Executive producer Bob Thomas has confirmed that CW's iZombie pilot will deviate significantly from the source material, which was already done by Chris Robertson and drawn by Michael Allred. Um, A quote from Rob Thomas, we're not sticking that close to the comic. The thing that we're taking from the comic is this mid-20s female zombie who eats brains and gets the memories of the dead, but we put her in a coroner's office, so there's sort of this case of the week each week where she gets snippets of memories of the deceased and tries to solve the crime. Oh, stop it. Yeah, stop yeah, it. Yeah. What oh. the studio and network asked for, they want a new sort of cool female lead on the CW. They want something in the vein of Buffy or Veronica Mars, so they asked me to write in that tone that I normally write in. It will not be zombie apocalypse show, but it will be sort of fun, cool, smart, funny, a single female lead who happens to be a zombie. That's a quote from Rob Thomas. Then call it something else. Tell me about it. Thank you. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, for once, I agree with MFG for once. I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be fighting in five hold, minutes. Hold later. on. Stop. Can I write this occasion? The Cap and MFG agree on something. I almost think that that requires a perv bell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! But all, but all jokes aside, Mike, I'm, I, I remember you talking about the eye zombie thing a yeah. couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "All right, sounds really good." Yeah. But the fact that they stayed downright, but at least they, yeah. at least they were honest, right? But at but least it came out. Right like you said, it's like, well, then why don't you just call it something else? I mean, I should be watching this going. Wow, it reminds me of Eye Zombie, but because it isn't, I'm good with that. You know, right. I'm going to keep watching it going. I've read the whole series. This isn't that. Right. Or if you say, hey, the creator of iZombie created this show. Yeah. You know, you give them, you know, so they can say, oh, it's been inspired by it, but they know it's right. not iZombie. What would you call it then? I don't know. Not iZombie. <laughs> <laughs> not, I, that sounds like a great title. I like that. But um, Rose McIver, she's been cast as the lead, Olivia Liv Moore. Um, and Rose McIver, for all of those that have good taste, know her as Tinkerbell from Once Upon a Time. 
Oh, okay, that was a jab yes. at me. Uh, <laughs> just you, because everyone else in this room watches it. That's right. Even the cat. Oh, Even the cat. Yeah, please. The cat, the cat don't watch shit. The cat falls asleep. <laughs> and, and, and once upon a time, it's one of those things, too. Sorry, G. I'm so sorry. Your show sucks. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> Alrighty. Now something that will get Cap's interest, finally. <laughs> um, the robots in disguise are almost back on TV. What? Yeah. Hub Network announced that a new, as yet unnamed, Transformers animated series will hit the network in 2015. The series, according to a press release, will star Bumblebee leading a new team of Autobots, and it's set in the same timeline as Transformers Prime, but only years later. Okay. Uh, this will be in line with the IDW comic launched in 2012 called Robots in Disguise, in which Bumblebee has been the leader of not yes. just the Autobots, but the Cybertron as a whole. Uh, Will Friedel, who also played Terry McGinnis in Batman Beyond, as well as uh, Deadpool and Ultimate Spider-Man, Lion-O in the new uh, Thundercats. He's been Blue Beetle in the Batman Brave and the Bold and many others. He will reprise his role as Bumblebee for that series. Um, and there's you know, a host of other people, uh, Dave, Darren Chris, Constant what, Mimer, Ted McGinley. They're all oh. going to be unnamed cast members. The series will use CGI characters on hand-painted environments and has an action focus. Jeff Klein will executive produce the show, continuing on from Prime. I love this. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody has seen the, the Transformers Prime on the hub. It was a pretty good... It was probably one of the closest to one of the better shows for, of the Transformers series since the original series. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm not a Transformers watcher. I'm a big Transformers. I, I've seen the commercials and it looked good, but I just never watched hold, any of it. Hold on. RT Square, I know you're a big Transformer fan. What do you guys say about that? Cricket, cricket. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't like you don't like the. the I don't think version? he heard a word we said. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have a. Well, I should show it to the TV. But <laughs> go no, ahead. no, no. I was listening. It's just the, the Transformers on the Hub. Really, the kids network. Yeah, it's it the, still the, plays very well. Is, that's the same network that shows uh, My Little Pony and a few other. Cap is very well aware of that too. From yeah. What I understand. <laughs> hey, fuck it. I'm not a brony, but I don't hate. <laughs> no, but I'm saying. I mean, you mean to tell me you didn't like the Transformers on the Hub? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Transformers Prime. Yeah. yeah it was good. I liked it. Yeah. And, and I read the IDW series of Transformers with Bumblebee as the leader. Oh, you were one of those two. That's right. No, fuck that. It, was, <laughs> it actually has a very strong following. The art is very is done very well. And that's one of the issues I always had with Transformers. If the, uh, if the person is not um, into drawing robots, it right. just doesn't look right. Yeah. So I can I was, only imagine. Yeah. Yeah, so, and especially when you're talking about, you said hand-painted c- um, scenery with um, CGI graphics. Uh, yes, it's uh, what are they? How do they put it? They say they use CGI characters on hand painted environments. Right. Uh, I think I think has the potential to be really really good. I'll be on the lookout for it. Yeah. Twenty fifteen, right? Twenty fifteen. Another fucking year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He'll be there watching his bronies. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now I have some news that Ralph the tech will not like. Oh, here we go. Ooh. Yeah, we may. Nightwing's be. dead. <laughs> if only. Um, <laughs> no. Nope. Wolverine is set to die in twenty fourteen. What? <laughs> yeah, those six claws might be stabbing him in his own back. What? Uh, following his relaunched title, Wolverine, in the all-new Marvel Now, and beginning in issue number eight, the original six claws will embark on his three months to die, ending with issue number 12 in September. What? So let's see where this goes. Are they just going to bring him back? Watch. I mean, obviously, well, they're not going to kill yeah. him forever, but I mean, the thing is, they still might kill him for a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like two years. Like, like, like when Cap, that would be a Like, while, when but. the real Cap. Captain America was gone. Oh God! You know, but you know, if they do that, that that means that um, Dakin and X twenty three are going to have to take over. Oh, oh God, Lord help me! I, I I don't even want to think about that. For those that don't know, Dakin is Wolverine's son. Yes, he's yeah. the one with two claws on top, one on the bottom. Yeah, 
As opposed to X-23 with two claws on top and... One in the toe. One in the toe. <laughs> that just <laughs> sounds like a hard dirty, porn, yeah. <laughs> well, with the One in the toe. On the, <laughs> Thank you. With, with Dakin, it sounds dirty because it's, you know, two in the pink and one in the stink. <laughs> oh, okay, you can give yourself the bell for that one. <laughs> That's painful no matter which way you put it. <laughs> so, so, sounds like some really bad porn. And, and, and here we thought sloppy aardvark was the worst thing we ever said. <laughs> But I love the reaction of people that finally find out what sloppy aardvark is. We just saw that the other day. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and, and it's always a woman that goes, what is that? And I always say, look it up. And she always comes back going, you're disgusting. <laughs> I'm like, I don't make these things up. It's like, you're the one that looked it up. So your curiosity obviously got the better of you. I told you it was bad. <laughs> going back to Wolverine for a second, I was going to say that I've been trying to read the new run to see what, just to see what they were doing. With him being powerless, you mean? Him being powerless, having a gun, having a, uh, an armored suit that... um that's gonna you know like protect him from being attacked and is up. he wearing superman's armored suit <laughs> <laughs> he should be Be- so because right. superman evidently shouldn't really need it it's just, you know, so maybe it's available right now superman's armored suit isn't really armored it's just like it's like you know it looks metallic and whatnot but it, i think it is kryptonian technology i think it actually is an armor really of some form. yeah it's 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 technology oh, it's all paper mache yeah really. <laughs> but, but, but what i was just saying was that the wolverine the um the way the wolverine book is being written already i'm kind of I'm kind of happy they're going to put an end to it and maybe put an end to Wolverine for a little bit. Yeah. I think we need a rest from him. Maybe we need a breathe away from him. It'll be interesting. I mean, I'm fine with that idea. I mean, I, I really li- I like Wolverine. I used to really love Wolverine, and and I'm just fine now. Shh, shh, you hear that? You hear that? All the hate coming from you two. My God. <laughs> there was no hate. I just said I really like. Oh, I'm sorry. I, you can't, you can't six claws this issue. Is that what it is? Ah, uh, see, I win again. I mentioned six claws. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, you won, Mike. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank you. That's the bell. So now, one last piece. Um, <laughs> and this one, is Mr. Piece of crap? Mr. Brian Bendis will be happy about. Uh, the comic book Powers, which was written by Brian Michael Bendis and drawn by Michael Avon Oming, will be on small screens, not quite everywhere. Now, why is that? Because it will be released via an unusual method. Sony Pictures Television will produce a 10-hour-long live-action episode uh, to be distributed on the PlayStation Network. Stop. Right? The FX Network had commissioned a pilot for the comic series in 2011, but eventually passed on it altogether. Um, but for those who are familiar with the comic book, the, uh, the quick and the dirty is it's like Law and Order meets the Avengers. Uh, the original comic book was published from 2000 to 2004, and it follows a pair of police detectives in a world where superheroes and villains exist. Detectives Christian Walker and Dina Pilgrim are assigned to investigate crimes involving people with superhuman abilities. Detective Walker has a past with several of the superpowered set because unknown to his fellow officers, he used to be a hero himself. The show will be produced by Bendis and Oming along with others. What do we think about that? I love powers and it's a very interesting idea that that they decided to go with the Sony network. But it's also live action. That'll live be action, too. Yeah. 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 So I mean, again, sorry, Sony, you're not suckering me into it unless someone uh pirates that thing on down. I'm not seeing it. I'm not PS3 in it or PS4 in it. I got <laughs> Pi- news for you now. Pirate? Did someone say pirate? Arg. Arg. <laughs> someone say my name. <laughs> so so Mike, you mean to tell me you're gonna wait for it to either come on DVD or that's just yeah. it for you, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's either DVD or nothing at all. Wow, really? I just I I won't go buy a PlayStation. You're not gonna I, borrow I, I PlayStation? An, I haven't bought an Xbox One yet. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he's still he's still trying to figure out his Xbox. <laughs> the original. He's, he's like he's like 
move here three oh grab motion sickness it's really it's not even an xbox it's actually an atari that i carved an x on oh that makes sense no wonder it looks like that <clears throat> all right so is that a little quick news that's all i got who wow. else is going to flip flap their gums believe it or not i have nothing about damn time what about you ralph do I ever have any quick news? You always have quick quick shit to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's I mean that's it for the quick news. All right, so um, let's go with the first half of the show. Mike, could you introduce us with what we're going to talk about today? Sure. It's the uh, Women's History Month coming Yay. to an end pretty soon. So you know when you look up in the sky, you see it's a bird, it's a boob, it's a plane. <laughs> now we're just going to hear. I'm, I'm, about... I'm looking at two boobs right now. <laughs> uh... We double D's. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that left you speechless, didn't it? <laughs> I said, wow, didn't I? <laughs> um, no, we're just here to take a look at, uh, you know, what's going on with women in comics. Uh, not just so much a, you know, a big treatise on uh, on everything today, but just, you know, what we've seen in the past. Is it getting any better for for you ladies in the comic book world, or is it not? Well, I mean, uh, starting off, it, what's interesting is that the um, when you think about the comic books, and starting with the Golden Age, I mean, think about it. It was a boys, it was the boys club right there. Yeah. It was a boys club. All pretty much all the creators, if not all the creators, were men. All right. the writers were men, all the artists were men. So, you know, they already had an idea. And plus it was the thirties and the forties. So you already had a certain stereotype of where women should be in comparison to men. Well, I mean, sort of though. Um because also the with it being the thirties going into the forties, you were also jumping into the wartime pretty soon. World War II. And women were then taking over. It's actually an interesting thing that um uh that in the golden age, from, 19, from the golden age is basically considered from the 30s into the mid 50s. From 1940s into the mid 50s, more girls read comic books than boys. Wow! Yeah, wow! Pretty interesting, okay. isn't it? Yeah, that's why. Right, well, that's what prompted Archie Comics. Archie Comics didn't exist until 1941. I read something about about yeah. um, Archie Comics being, you know, a part of it was because there were more fem, um, female readers, but I didn't. I didn't really piece that together. That yeah, was so it was actually oh, during okay. that time. You know, oh, okay. so that's pretty interesting. Also, um, interesting first fact that. One of the first female superheroes ever in print, but it was a newspaper strip now, uh, was basically an invisible woman. Not well, the invisible woman, but it was uh, a character called Invisible Scarlet O'Neill. I've heard was, the yeah, name She before, was drawn yeah. by Russell Stamm. And what it was is that her father was an inventor. She touched a machine that had some weird ray and it turned her invisible. And then when she touches like a, a special nerve in her wrist or something like that, she can become visible or not visible. And she goes around solving crimes. Wow. Okay. So yeah. when she touches herself, she's visible? Yes. Wow. Everybody <laughs> knows when she touches herself. Oh. <laughs> Bell, Bell, he's, where's he's the Bell? He's too busy with his phone. What's he's, going on over stop here? Stop flirting. It's, women, it's women's month. <laughs> That's but, when uh, you're supposed to flirt. But, um, but as far as for the comics go, the first female superhero is basically I, said I to be... You think you know? Yeah. I bet you don't know Jack Crab. Is it Fantima? Yes, it is. Yes! Fantima, also known as the Mystery Woman of the Jungle. She right. was created by Fletcher Hanks, uh-huh. who went under the pseudonym of Barclay Flagg. Apparently, someone knows how to use Wikipedia. He does. <laughs> um, it was a backup feature in Jungle Comics number two, uh, which came out with Fiction House in February of 1940, and then it continued as a backup feature until her final appearance in issue number 51 in 19, uh, 1944. I was like, 1990 what? <laughs> <laughs> She's still there. 19, so she lasted about uh, three years, basically. Yeah. Three, four years. Yeah, um, but oddly enough, the... Uh, I'm trying to think, is it IDW that produced Hackslash, or is it Dynamite? I forget. I think it was... I, I think it's IDW that produced Hackslash or came over... Or no, no, I'm sorry. Image. Image got uh, Hackslash in the last of its run and they actually brought back the Phantom character for a wow, while. Wow, okay. Yeah, it was actually really cool. It was a really great storyline. And could you describe um, Phantom's powers? I, I mean, I know, I know them. But she was kind of like, imagine a, 
the specter, except she was like the jungle demon of vengeance or spirit of vengeance, if you want to think of it that way. So she had all she had basically powers that whatever the writer said today, this is her power. But you know, she she like the specter, she would seek uh, weird retribution on uh, anybody that kind of defiled the animals and the jungle itself and stuff like that. But she was this gorgeous looking woman until she used her power and then her face turned to look like a skull. Right. With all with her hair and stuff like that. It was interesting. That just reminds me of like a few other women I know. Yeah. <laughs> Catching without their makeup and it's crazy. It's just crazy. Oh, come on. Harrison Ford is so happy with Calista Flockhart. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, and then from what I understand, she was uh, Egyptian, right? And she was... Yeah, she, it's just she was like ageless, so I guess she's like an immortal. Yeah, way. that's what I said. She was really just like the Phantom. I mean, she was this this spirity kind of a thing. You mean that, the Spectre? Uh, the Spectre. What did I say? The Phantom? Yeah. I'm sorry, I was thinking yeah. of the Phantom Stranger from something else. <laughs> yeah, um, you know. Um, so that was a great character, and also there was a, a character, Black Widow. Um, she was in Mystic Comics number four, which was from Timely Comics, which eventually became Marvel Comics, and that came out in August of 1940. And she was an anti-heroine who made a deal with Satan. For basically immortality, but she had to kill evildoers and send them to hell. Wow, okay. Yeah, so that was interesting. And that was actually brought back in the comic book series called The Twelve that Marvel took forever to finish all 12 issues of, but was a good story. Who created her? It seems someone who was like really biblical, huh? I guess. I don't know. I'll tell you one thing. I mean, someone that just had a girlfriend that he just did not like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that bitch kills people for Satan. Wasn't wasn't that a similar? That's it sounds like a similar premise to one of those shows we were talking about. Um, Brimstone. Brimstone. Yeah. Brimstone. Well, yeah, the show you t- told us. Remember what we were doing? Well, first of all, it wasn't a woman. Ended too soon. And he only made a deal with the devil to get out of hell. Yeah, but we had to find people that were, you know. Well, he had to find the people that escaped hell. Well, I'm saying yeah, it sounds very, oh, similar very similar to that premise. Yeah, I mean, very similar. But, but wow, way, way ahead of the time. And, yeah. and, a, fe- and a female and a female um, hero or anti-hero. But, right. That's what I'm saying. It was different back then. I mean, it wasn't. I think we would think we like to think or or just mistakenly believe that if you go that far back, that women were seen as only like these mammy pamby kind of like, you know, but that happened actually more in the Silver Age, you know, where I think where it was expected that women were going to be in the house and stuff like that. So like somewhere from around like 56 through 1970. Before the you know women's lib thing took over, that's when actually women got the the short change of it and all. Okay, because I mean, as far as I can remember growing up, when I thought about the old comics, and I thought it was golden, but I'm thinking it was more silver. Now that you're talking about it, if you look at the women, they were all like they 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 kind of portrayed them as arm pieces, or they were the damsels in distress, or they were the you know they were just you know filler. They they they, you know they they gave you information about about the story, and they were the male's counterpart because everybody was heterosexual Mm -hmm. and everybody had a girlfriend or a wife. There was no like you know that it was interesting, and I'm wondering how much did this line up with McCarthyism? Um, Probably a whole lot because again that would have been around the same time because you know when you go to the golden age. Female heroes, they were smart. They were beautiful. They were tough. They were competent. They were confident. Uh, you know, these people were like, they were nurses. They were girl detectives. They were counter spies. They were jungle queens, et cetera, et cetera. They, they used daggers, guns, swords, and they never needed rescuing. You know, so that was, it was very right. much a women can do it because, well, again, that's during the wartime. Women had to do it. Yep. Right. You know, um, women who weren't superheroes were pr- um, primarily portrayed as like either career girls like uh, Nellie the nurse or Millie the model. Or you had romance story heroines where the good girl got you know her heart broken, but the bad girls are the heartbreakers, and and then you had like the perky teenagers like Betty and Veronica who were like boy crazed and fun loving, but you know again they were still more independent, like you know because even if you think of Betty and Veronica, as much as they went after Archie, 
well, because it wasn't a superhero book, they never really needed saving. They just got into their own adventures. You know yeah. what I mean? Did, did they ever make a Rosie the Riveter comic? I don't know if she was ever a comic, or I mean, I know she was, was a. Definitely, she, she was, she was the She's the woman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the with, woman with, with the showing the biflex. With the over, I mean, the, the bicep, the overall. Yeah, with, yeah, with, with, the, the, with the red the, handkerchief. Yeah. yeah, but she may have. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. It probably wasn't like a regular comic. She may have had like you know a, a feature or something like that. But I don't think it was a regular comic. I think we should look it up at some point. Yeah. That, that's a very interesting idea. Yeah, you, you would think if they're trying to show strong women, then that was the whole sports, spokesperson for them to right. go into the factory. Yeah, well, that was getting women yeah, exactly to go into the factory. But now, leading into what you were saying, though, about the Silver Age, right. you know, that's where you ended up with women like, you know, you had your Lois Lanes, your Carol Ferris's, Jean Loring, uh, Iris West, Vicki Vale. Like you said, all these people that were arm pieces. And then the superheroines were like, just like you put it, they were either like the counter gender counterparts to their male leads right. or subordinate to their male leads. So you had, um, besides Batwoman, the first Batwoman, not the lesbian that exists now. And that's actually a really good story character. I mean, Batgirl. Batwoman. Batwoman. Yeah, there's a Batwoman now, and there's a Batwoman. Batwoman was introduced before Batgirl, and the Batgirl that was introduced then was Betty Kane, not Barbara Gordon. Okay. Um, this was uh, Kate Kane uh, was Batwoman back then. But besides her, you had Hawk Girl, Supergirl, Batgirl, the Invisible Girl, and Marvel Girl. And if you notice, these are all adult adult women with Being called girl, girl. and I all th- of their leads were called men, because <laughs> unless they were unless they were going back to their teen years, like Superboy. All of them were men. It was Hawkman, you know, Batman. It, you know, it just it just went one after the next. What so, about Robin the Boy Wonder? Well, he was a boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like oh, any character that was young, like Aqua Lad, you know, Kid Flash, you know, things like that. They were all they were all like in their teens, in their yeah. mid teens. Yeah. You know, but the but the women, they were all girls. Well, maybe they were doing the women a favor. You know, there aren't many women that like to admit their age. So by saying girl, you're saying, hey. You know, wow. I'm looking wow. at Ralph's nose and I'm seeing it turn to a snout because he's being a chauvinist pig. Oh, what a chauvinist man. pig you can are. You find, can you find truffles? <laughs> I'm waiting for Ralph to make a boob joke. We, have, we were talking about women. He hasn't talked about a boob joke yet. We, well, we haven't rated a movie yet. Whoops. What the fuck was that? It was, was the laziest the... rim job ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a sloppy rim job. And no one likes a sloppy rim job. There we go. There go. Oh, God. <laughs> I love those rim jabs. Uh, <laughs> what I was going to say was, um, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. I just went, went from big boobs and I forgot. Um, no, we were talking <laughs> big about- Big boobs uh, will oh, do that to you. That's what it was. Thank you. And I, no, no, big boobs help remind me. Um, thank you. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about Batgirl and how the these women are being called girl, but the, but the male um, counterparts are called men. Right. And I'm wondering, is that why when they relaunched um, Supergirl? When they re, when it, when they brought Supergirl back in Batman Batman Superman, was it then or even before then that they said that she was older technically than that, it wasn't until then that they, oh. they brought up her age. Okay, that so, she that she used to babysit him basically right. on, on Krypton. Yeah, I I just I didn't know if that was you know pre crisis right. or you know yeah if she must have been babysitting him, I guess somewhere between. You know the destruction of Krypton and uh, James Bond 007 Jor-El. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Russell Crowe kicked ass, man. Shouldn't have kicked that much ass. <laughs> Do the Marlon Brando show up and and get yourself a check? He was kicking ass when he was even a computer program, man. That shit was crazy. <laughs> Duck. But we are talking. Oh, we are talking about women's. Right, women's. True. That is true. We are talking about women's month. Women's. Right. The, the women's. <laughs> the women's. I don't know. Was that with a Y? <laughs> we, we should have a stupid saying bell. There, that doesn't work. <laughs> that sounded like you did cocaine. <laughs> doesn't sound stupid enough. 
<laughs> PS- oh, that was what was that bell for? That was the cowbell. What was that one for? We had that. We did use that for something. That's for Christopher Walken. More cowbell. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, well, before you go into moving from the Silver Age on to to, to the Modern Age, I was going to uh, say Bronze that, Age would be next. Oh, Bronze Age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what I was going to say was Is there um, platinum age? speaking of nope. st- <laughs> speaking of stupid sayings. Did you see what I what I put on um on Facebook? No, what'd you put her? Well, I was hanging out with G last night and um she was talking and she was, you know, she was, you know, with the family. And all of a sudden she says, Yeah, because I'm drinksing and I'm like drinksing. Wow. <laughs> and she leave me alone, it's my birthday. I'm like, Oh okay. and then all the women were like, Yeah, I'm like, now I <laughs> I felt like the women were turning against me. Drink-sing. So was was drink mixing or is it drink singing? She she was supposed or- to say drinking and she said drinksing and I was like, with the drink in her hand, I was like, It was just too <laughs> Hard to pass it. I could have shut the fuck up and just let it rock. But I go drinksing, and I was like, "Yeah, what's wrong with drinksing?" It's, it's drunk drinking. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. <laughs> so uh, uh, on to more women kicking ass, Mike. Yeah. First of all, I just want to go back to the fact that Gigi seems to be celebrating that birthday a week later. Still, <laughs> get over it, girl. It's thirty. She could do what she wants. <laughs> Jeez, holy cow! I want to see how much she's going to celebrate when she turns forty. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Anyway, on to the Bronze Age. On to the Bronze Age. The Bronze Age was from 70 to 85. So we definitely had, you know, the bras were being burned. Uh, feminist, uh, feminist rights were, you know, being talked about. And finally, people were taking actions and things like that. Hold on a sec. How is bra burning a bad thing? Um, I, I, anybody that's, that want to touch that or anybody <laughs> that wants to, to write to Ralph, all the, all the members of now that want to write to Ralph and complain about his sexist attitude... <laughs> He can't be reached at son of a bitch at <laughs> gmail.com. All I got to say is, Ralph, really? Another boob uh, reference? <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, the Bronze Age, uh, at least the way I, I see it, it mirrored the feminist tensions of the time. You saw a surge finally in female heroes and villains, actually. Um, uh, you know, you did get a lot of these were stereotypes of the feminist movements. I mean, you had examples like bad examples like Thundra. Who was a man hater? Yeah, uh, you had the man killer who was an angry feminist. I mean, you did have things like that. But Marvel, I, even more. I mean, I have to give them credit far more than DC that I can think of at that time. Because really, when you think DC, and sadly enough, even still, when you think of DC with women, you really only come up with Wonder Woman. I'm not saying that you can't throw out other names, but she's pretty much mostly the only good example they have. She's the only one that's named woman that's a major character. But I mean, but she's just also one of their only female major characters that's worth discussion. But Marvel, especially during the Bronze Age, I mean, they introduced, um, they introduced Ms. Marvel mm-hmm. and she edited the woman's magazine called Woman Magazine um, under J. Jonah Jameson, um, which of course that came out around the time that Ms. Magazine came out. So that's kind of where they got the name. And also the term Ms. had also just become popular. It didn't exist before then. Um, oh shit! I didn't know that. Yeah, but uh, so everyone, even if they weren't married, was Mrs. It was either Miss or Mrs. Oh, okay, but Ms. didn't Ms. exist until the seventies. Yeah, Ms. Um, but then you know, uh, but you still really didn't have a lot of women uh, in leader positions or with formidable powers until like you know a little bit later in the seventies, thanks to Chris Claremont. Really, a lot of it, it really is thanks to Chris uh, Claremont on his run of the X Men because he upgraded Lorna Dane. She became Polaris right. and she became powerful. Storm was introduced in the seventies. And eventually, think about it, she eventually bested Cyclops for leadership of the X-Men. Of the team, And that's right. without her powers. She beat him. And he had his powers, you know. Um, Jean Grey became the Phoenix. So she went from Marvel Girl to being Phoenix. Right. Uh, Kitty Pride joined the X-Men. And I'll be talking about her myself uh, particularly later. But she was, uh, you know, a smart, resourceful teenager. 
Uh, you had Rogue and Psylocke, the pre-Asian Psylocke I'm talking about. Uh, I'm going to bring that up also. Yeah, who added uh, multifaceted dimensions to the norm of the superheroines. And uh, he also, you know, he just wrote a bunch of smart, capable, and powerful women. He also wrote uh, Spider-Woman, Misty Knight, Colleen Wing. These were all like, you know, your private eye or ninja type women. Um, during that time, Byrne, John Byrne, he upgraded Sue Storm to the Invisible Woman. And then also she uh, became chair of the FF during the 80s. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Wasp became leader of the Avengers. As you see, there was a lot that really did go on during that time. And Marvel really spearheaded almost all of it. Were, were all know? these guys who created these characters, were they all married? I would imagine so. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I doubt that was the reason why. I'm sure all their go. wives were actually in the kitchen. <laughs> wow. No, I'm sure and their wives were pie. like, what did you write today? Oh, I, I wrote this story about this submissive woman. Uh-uh. If you want some later, you better change that. <laughs> Wow. So so you're saying that men have to be manipulated by pussy to be able to um, write in a positive light for women. I'm glad you understand. <laughs> okay. Again, hate mail can go to <laughs> you damn pig <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, what did you think of the Bronze Age? I mean, I thought, like I said, it was a, it was a really good time. It was also a really great time of writing. It was some of some of the better writing that came out of the two big houses was during that time. Well, it's funny that you talk about the Bronze Age because when I was looking up um, superhero females, I was looking at all the great heroes and and two things that you just said. I realized number one, a lot of them came from Marvel, and one number two, a lot of them came around that era. You know, like I, I, it was something that. I, I didn't look at the ages per se. I was just like, okay, well, what about this character? Oh, she's Marvel. Oh, what mm-hmm. about this character? Oh, she's Marvel. Yeah, I mean, She-Hulk was introduced. And then I thought yeah. about all the characters that are, like, I, I started thinking about all the DC characters that are prominent, the female DC characters, and outside of, and you don't know, because Zatanna wasn't that big Yeah, and she also in the 70s. still doesn't have, like, she's not, she's neither here nor there, I think, when it comes for being a good female role model. She's just kind of there. Besides, okay, Black Canary. I was about to say, you really have Black Canary and Wonder, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman and Hawkgirl. But, again, it's but Hawkgirl Girl. only more recently. I mean, I would say, not recently meaning like in the last decade, but I would say only in the last maybe 20 years or so. Right. You Did know? they ever change her name to Hawk Woman? Um, no, right? DC doesn't do that. I, yeah. I, I want to think that there was briefly a Hawk Woman, but I'm not sure of that. I, I could be imagining that. Was, maybe DC stands for Dick Coddling Comics. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually having that conversation with someone. He's, he's like... Oh, you know, we were talking about different female characters, like, oh, then Hawk Woman. And I'm like, no, no, Hawk Girl, because they never changed her name. Yeah, I don't think they ever did. He's like, she's a woman, so you better call her Hawk Woman. I'm like, no, they call her Hawk Girl. They call her Hawk Girl. Yeah. (laughs) Even though she's as immortally reincarnated as as her counterpart, you know. Which that story just seems, you know. Yeah, that story. We won't even go there. And I'm glad also you brought up the the, the fact that in the 70s, they were, um, you know, switching from silver to bronze, they they started. they started making the mistake of doing, if she's a strong woman, she's a lesbian or right. a man hater at least. Right, I was about to say because they certainly weren't going to touch on lesbianism, you know, in the comics. But uh, but they made him as butch as butch could be. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, well you know that because again, it was that example of like you know you you were just like you even if you weren't a man hater, you were at least you know just wanted to crush his balls, that kind of a thing, right? You know? Um, I guess that was what they thought was uh, equaling the, <laughs> the 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 tide, but it wasn't really working that way. Right. So, so I mean, it's it's interesting because now I feel like that. I mean, I th- I think that they've done better with their characters, but like mm. you said, Marvel. Even I'm looking at one of my favorite female characters, Scarlet, on my on my shelving wall. Um, Scarlet from oh, GI Joe. So cute. What do you have? Like 
two, three statues. Gee, <laughs> I can't wait to go back to my my place and see all the billions of them. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scarlet was one of my favorite GI Joe characters because she was, you know, tough and she didn't need the guy's help. And you know, she right. was, you know, she was. I don't want to say she was like Alias, but she was, you know, she was kick ass. The only thing is, Mike, she was an archer. No. Ah. <laughs> oh. He's like, you had me until you said Archer. Yeah, I was. Pretty, I was like, oh no. <laughs> All right. So, I um, I think Mike was gonna bring up the next part of. Well, actually, I wanted to just dip into the modern age for go. a little bit, which of course was eighty five until now. It's still going on. Uh, unfortunately, Ralph, no, there was no platinum age and. At the rate that they're writing these books, there never will be a platinum age because <laughs> it's all turning into copper and greening up fast. <laughs> and greening up. Was there a titanium age? Maybe. Uh, no, actually, I think it was just a. It went right from pulp to gold. <laughs> but um, it, the way I see the women now, you know, it, it is really weird. Like you know, it's. I think a lot of it depends on what you're reading, when you're reading, whatever. Because just kind of how you said, like you think things have improved a bit, but then I think about how much it hasn't. So it, it's kind of a fight. I mean, I think that women have become more arrogant and bossy rather than confident and leading. Okay, no. Which is a mistake in my opinion. You know, in other words, I think they've now, this pendulum has swung too far the other way. Um, like, like their costumes and appearances. They're more vulgar than sexy. And, you know, I mean, again, we, we understand that, you know, you know, a, a woman might argue, well, they shouldn't be a sex symbol. Anyhow, fine. We know it's a medium that's mostly, uh, not still, still controlled, first of all, mostly by men. And still read mostly by men, even though there's a lot of women that do read. So there's going to be some sex to it. I get it. I'm not saying it's 100% my thing or that I'm for it. But like I said, now we're going from women being shapely with with costumes that may have been revealing-ish to Starfire in basically pasties and like some kind of a crotchless panty outfit <laughs> fighting crime. I mean, you know, yeah. that's just it's just vulgar what's now. What's wrong it's, with this? Really? You just turned into Ralph? I just wanted to say it for I want to say it for Ralph. High five. Yeah. <laughs> really? It's Starfire. Starfire was the reason I read Teen Titans. <laughs> you know, I mean it's just but I mean, it's just all of them. It's just it's just down to the point of wouldn't why don't they just draw them nude? You know. Well, you know what they're doing because of the ratings. Of course. <laughs> In the event that, you know, their superheroing just, you know, doesn't work out, they have a job at a strip club. I, but that's what they all look like. And they like. can bring their own clothes. You know, I mean, they're, they're so drawn <laughs> with these, these these horrible misproportions, you know. You know what it probably was? Um, when they were, like, thinking up the creations, like, how, what they should be dressed, their wives were probably were like, you know what, baby? Let's have a good night tonight. I'm going to dress up for you. And then that's like, okay, that looks that looks amazing. All right, I'm going to draw that into the comic. All right. So, so, you're, saying co- so, so, so you're saying the, the original cosplay, a.k.a. role play, yes. were the reason why some of these characters got costumes? That's right. All right. Well, first of all, to detract from that for a moment would have to be that you're assuming that the people that are writing and drawing comics have had sex. (laughs) First of all, then you're assuming that the artists have actually seen a naked woman because they actually do have rib cages and, you know, abdomens and they're not all triple M breasts, (laughs) you know. So I'm assuming that none of these men have actually seen women anywhere. Well, maybe they're seeing it from from their their perspective. They're drawing it. Then they need help. <laughs> or, 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 I mean, because it's funny because I, mean, I remember back in the day, the artists looked. The artists really looked like they didn't get any in a while. They're like, well, how are you drawing women? You never seen one. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I mean, now, but me, it's now it's just blown up. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, at least I just find it. It's vulgar. I mean, it's not, and not even just in a sense of women's rights vulgar. It's I, I just look at it. I'm like, it's not. 
it's not believable. Nothing looks like this. If you, Wait, hold on. I've got an attack coming. Continue. Oh, no, no, no. Because my attack is it's not as bad as Japanese art. Wow. <laughs> and that's for all my people who listen to, to um, who, all my listeners who um, they, they talk to me about, oh, when are you going to talk about Japanimation and manga? And I'm like, I don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I like Dragon Ball Z and One Piece and all those great things. But one of the things they do, they exploit women like a motherfucker. Yes, they ex- wow, motherfucker, exploit. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> but our sensitivity level is evidently not at anywhere near a level. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, like when you look at at one of those cartoons. Well, you, oh, he comes around with the explanation on why. No, but I, I was about to say. Well, here's, my, here's my theory of why I think the 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 outfits are so scantily clad like that. Well, when you think about it, most of the comic book readers, when they started reading, they were what, like ten? That was like what. 30, 40 years ago, and now those guys are still reading comics. You know, you want to give them something to keep them on there, so you give them some nice. But no, honestly, like though, no, but seriously, if you're when if you go to comic book shops and you run into people that are of that age you're talking about, they're not interested in that. Really? I mean, none of no. Be, I mean, think about it. They're 40, 50 year old people. They, they say have, that. No, they have wives. <laughs> they actually have sex. You know, they and, 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 but, obviously but no, no, you've no. never been married because no, when no, you're married, no, no. you don't it have sex. Mean they don't have <laughs> fantasies. There you go. Ser- yeah. Seriously though, you go into any of those places, you do not hear anybody in their 40 and 50s going, "Wow, she's hot." It's only like guys in there. Well, they're not going to say it out loud because their wife is right next to them. Not in the comic book shop. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> or, but, but, no, but also more importantly, don't forget. Your forties and fifties, you have daughters, and that's also a big thing. And but, because it, because it, it, again, it goes down to not unless you only have sons. Then you're like, here you go. This is for you too. Yeah, it it really isn't. I it, bought this it, for it, my son. What are you looking at me for? <laughs> I bought this for my son. It, like I said, it, it really, oh son, it, wink. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it really isn't. Like I said, I mean, I'm in comic book shops constantly, and you do not hear anything, and you really don't even hear most guys talking about how hot these characters are because first of all they're just drawings um you but you when you get it it is usually from like people in their late teens or extremely early 20s and then that's about it because no, also, I think, no, you know, I, i'll disagree with you because I, I, I the only reason i'll disagree with you is because there's a, there's a large community of, of the geek nation that that aren't married that don't have kids and that um they might have seen the inside of of, of, a, of a female before, and I don't want to use that term, but just saying like they've actually had sex. What is it like? X-ray the woman? Shut up! You stick know what a I mean? camera up. No, there? but you know, like they, they've had sex, but they, they're they're so much towards the the geek side. They might not say it in a comic book shop, but I know people outside who have said, "Oh my god, they're you know, they've those things that you're saying they don't say." I've heard them say it. You no, know, but again, there are <laughs> those that say. It, but I guarantee you, if they drew women back down to the 1980s proportion, which was still unproportional. Their sales are not going to change one iota. No one's going to oh, go. No, I'm not saying oh that, my no. gosh, her breast went down from triple M to double D. I'm not going to ever <laughs> oh, no, no, read no, no, a, no, no, a Star no, no. Park. I didn't say again. sales would go down, but those conversations do go on. But my, but, but my point people, though is that people aren't that into this. That's my whole thing. It's it's a fantasy that I don't know who they're drawing for because it's not a fantasy that it's people done are for me. For. <laughs> it's me. I, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those because it is. It's just a thing that I don't think that. That you notice after a while. I mean, you. I think only when you look at it objectively, you because become it's just, numb, right? Well, that's my thing. It's yeah. just, it's just, it's Most, not important, and it's also setting these. I don't even know what kind of bizarre expectations. But, but let's also let's look at let's look at when, when this stuff became really on the rise. Because you're right, if you do it by 80s proportions, you know, they, they, it was it was bad, but it wasn't that bad. You go 90s and you start going with 
um, Todd McFarlane drawing Mary Jane in a black nightie for Spider-Man. Right. You talk about Lady Death. You mm-hmm. talk about Vampirella. You talk well, about Vampirella Sam- had been out. Yeah, but you know, like they, they started really pushing the envelope in late early nineties. Right. Like I was like, it was the same outfit, but then they showed well, her got like smaller and smaller and smaller, smaller, and, smaller, smaller yeah. and, and and more compromising positions. Right. You know, um, you talk about Psylocke. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about um, when they changed Sue Storm's outfit. And then it's like, holy shit, what's going on? But now it's uh, you're right about it becoming the commonplace. You know, now it's become a commonplace where if you see that, you're not gasping. You're just kind of like, oh, they're drawing them, you know, for, for somebody else. But I think that that mid-90s um, portion of the comics is when you saw a boom in, like, really, really sexy outfits. Right, but unfortunately it hasn't changed at all. And this is the same time where they're going, well, we're still trying to figure out why more women are not reading our comics. True. Because, interestingly <laughs> enough, all the comics that they write to try and get more women in, like when they've done Ms. Marvel in her own comics and now she's Captain Marvel now. Um, and uh, even the Huntress, when they reintroduce her now into this in, this universe um, in New 52, all these that they're trying to write for more pro-women. Not just saying that the woman is the star of the comic because Catwoman is not pro-woman. That is all fanboy fascination with you know her tits that can't stay in her costume. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about the comics that are actually written to inspire women and to get reader with women. If you notice, all their costumes are pretty much you don't see anything. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're not dressed like nuns, but they dress them like, wow, she's still curvaceous. She's still a knockout, but her breasts aren't falling out. You know. Unless unless Frank Cho's drawing him. <laughs> if you ever see Frank Cho, it's like, what the hell, Frank? Oh, that's, yeah, that's his, his style. I'm not here to knock it, but, you know. But also, he does draw strong-looking women, though. He does. He yeah, does. His he, women are... Cause and realistic-looking realistic yeah. realistic women. Well, well if they, yeah, if they were, like, gym heads, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's realistic gym head women, I mean, you know, but... Um, the, the pick things up, put things down on women. Exactly, I pick <laughs> things up, put them down, and I do my hair. And uh, you know, but I, mean, you know, I just find also that now in this age, even more so than before, women have also now be- become the comic book scapegoat for all the evils and excessive aggressive violence. That's that's just the really big thing, you know. All right, and a, a, a perfect example of that is Scarlet Witch. Yeah, Scarlet Witch. Well, Scarlet Wonder Woman. One yeah, one woman pre New Fifty Two, yeah, yeah, oh, and even in, even, in, even now, I mean, even in, we just um, talked about in, war in um oh man, injustice, yeah, injustice, where she's perpetuating, instigating Superman's hostile actions. But we just saw Justice League War, the movie where she's childlike but extremely violent. All right, you know, so so actually, let's take a quick break because I know we want to touch a little bit more about um uh, uh on Women's Heroes Month, so. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with Meanwhile 22 Pages Later after we take a deep breath. <sighs> All right, so now we're back from our break and um, with our continual episode of, I wouldn't say Women's Week, but our Women's Episode. And it's Women's Month, too. It's Women's Month, but I'm saying right now, we're doing a Women's we're, Episode. We're looking back at the history of women in comics. And in Ralph's case... Um, people boobs. with boobs. There we go. <laughs> so, to, so to explain the next part of our segment is MFG Mike the Finance Guy. Well, now we're here just to talk about what we find that we like. And boobs. That, bes- besides, <laughs> besides Ralph and his boobs. <laughs> Ralph and his boobs. That's hilarious. <laughs> we're talking about uh, some women that we think you know kind of represent more, much more of a positive role model, at least that we see today in the comics, and of course those that don't. All right. So. Basically, you're asking the panel to fix, to pick one out of each. Hmm. One of each. All right. I guess I will start first. 
This way Ralph can't say, oh, I'm going first. I don't go last. Well, okay, lastima. <laughs> <laughs> so you do speak Spanish. <laughs> what I'll say is for, for a female character that I'll start it off with um, the ones that are a positive fe- uh, woman role model, a female role model. Okay. Um, the one I will say, always love this character, Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. the She-Hulk. Nice. Love Jennifer Walters. The fact that... Um, Green boobs. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> well, I always liked it because, I mean, growing up, I remember besides Wonder Woman, like you said, I mean, you had female characters, but they were all like second tier, third tier characters. Right. And then when you think about She-Hulk, She-Hulk, you know, she was strong, but without being a man hater. Right. You know, like she was still sexy. She was still strong. She she was very successful. She wasn't just some kind of brute. You know, absolutely. She, well, initially she was. What? Initially she was a brute. Well, no, but. She but, was the savage Seahawk. She couldn't think very much. Well, also, they changed that later on. Was it yeah. Bur- was in the it, 80s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a night. She premiered, what, 1980? Yeah. Savage She Hulk number one, 1980. Right. I own the entire run. Did you? Yep. Did oh, you? I still do. I have probably two of the number ones, and then after that. Wow. Well, but, but well, remember, she was also, you know, like she was, she, she was, she went from mousy to being very strong. Right. But then, of course, they made her into the, the attorney. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then she had control of, you know, she, she wasn't as savage as the Incredible Hulk. Well, I mean, she became, well, she got her regular intelligence back. She didn't become smarter than herself. No, no, but she became right, smarter yeah. than the Hulk is. Well, when she, he's she in. got her, she has her exact intelligence back. I mean, right. she just, she just uh, doesn't have the inhibition that goes with being regular Jennifer Walters. But uh, yeah, I forget what it was that happened because for a while she had a device on her wrist that allowed her to, I don't know if it was a wrist, but it was some kind of device that allowed her to kind of switch back and forth for a little oh. bit. And then something happened and then she was able to retain being herself and she never lost it, you know. Well, when I started looking at She-Hulk, she was already like, you know, the She-Hulk that we know that she's very articulate, very intelligent, mm-hmm. and was always in She-Hulk form, whether right. she was, you know, a hero or just kind of hanging out. She was the She-Hulk. And I love that about that character. You know, she's sexy where she is a very beautiful woman, but she's not like trying to be inappropriate. She's mm-hmm. not put in inappropriate situations. She's, you know, she's intelligent and she's, you know, really smart with the mouth so nobody can outsmart her. Nobody right. can kind of talk back to her. And of course, she'd punch you in the face. Right. <laughs> and I've always loved that about She-Hulk, the fact that, you know, she was an Avenger. She was a Fantastic Four member. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been part of these major teams and been the focal point of these major teams. And in, in the Agents of Smash, she was a, a stunt uh, person for movies because she's a walking green screen. Oh. Yeah, because that, because that cartoon is just so good. <laughs> but besides that, I just always liked um, She-Hulk because she had all those qualities. And these are qualities that, you know, you could look up to her. Like, think about it this way. Remember Wonder Woman when Wonder Woman came out and how they made her, you know, she was strong and powerful. But when they added Steve Trevor, she was kind of like, yeah, well, you know, you know, me and Steve Trevor. There was none of that with, with, with She-Hulk. She liked who she liked, but she was never like falling over somebody she liked them and you know she would try to you know show that she cared about them but there was no like oh my goodness if if you know he or at least that's what oh you tap me i'm listening i do you tap me no oh like like like, like, shut up right (laughs) no 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 that's probably just what we were thinking (laughs) (laughs) because you threw me off but the bottom line is i i just like that that she hulk was very independent and she wasn't dependent on any man Mm -hmm. she even had her own comic book a couple of times yeah well, she had the Savage Seahawk, and then she had the Sensational She-Hulk. Sensational she was John Byrne, right? Yeah, that was John Byrne, which was really funny until it got old, but it was really, really funny for a while. Okay. Um, and then I think Dan Slott brought her back with She-Hulk, right. and then Dan Slott brought her back again. 
And then this other guy has brought her back for a last time, which I don't know this, how this I feel guy, about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I'm, okay. I, I like it because it's a little different. Yeah. It, it reminds me of the way FF was different. Right. But, um, I mean, I just like She-Hulk as a character just because, you know, if you told a little girl you could be the She-Hulk, you wouldn't feel so bad about it. You know, she she's not scantily clad. She's strong and she's yeah. intelligent. You know, no, that's she's, a good character. So you want to, buy a role, uh, to have a role model. You don't call uh, a big unitard scantily clad? It's not like a, a, a unitard thong. Right. And it's yeah. also, I mean, the superhero world, you know, you're in, I mean, even the guys are in unitards, you know. Right. But like I said, it's not, it's not up the crack of her ass. It's not, you know, just barely covering her nipples. I mean, it's an actual outfit, at least of some, of some form. Right. So, that, so that, so that's my nomination for um, best female hero for little girls to look up to. Ooh, what she you got there, Mr. RT Squared? Well, who I have is an inspiration to not just women, but to also uh, handicapped people. Ooh. Yes. Who's that? Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Batgirl, a.k.a. Oracle. A.k.a. Batwoman? No, No, I I just tossed that out there. (laughs) (laughs) He wanted to see if you could keep going. (laughs) A.k.a. Very Hot, a.k.a. The Fiery Redhead, a.k.a. (laughs) The one girl that can't walk out on you? (laughs) But she can roll. (laughs) She rolls with the best of them. <laughs> so so why do you like Barbara Gordon so much as a female character? What what has she done, you know, for the female hero? Well, she you know she's well her father is Jim Gordon, so he's a, a cop. And he's the commissioner. Yes. He's the cop. The yes. commish. <laughs> <laughs> so even even as you saw when I was introduced to her, you see her as this like girl who's who is fascinated by Batman and how he's fighting crime and she wants to fight crime. So I don't know which uh, the way it was introduced to me is like she went after him like she um she started fighting crime as Batgirl like she took the moniker of Batgirl but not right. not with the blessing of Batman and right. then like um Batman met her and then he trained her like took her under his wing right and then as she um as time progressed and with the whole uh, killing joke thing where Joker rapes her and shoots her and paralyzes her and she becomes Oracle. And then I think when, when she becomes Oracle is when she's like more of an example for, for women because you see this woman who who's struggled through so much mm-hmm. and she's still doing what she wants to do. Right. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And even then and then she's got to a point where you got Batman, one of the greatest heroes in the, the DC universe who relies on her. You know, who goes, the first thing it says, Oracle, uh, can you look this up for me? What, what do I do here? Oracle, Oracle. I locked my keys in the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OnStar, I mean, Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but you see, this it's just like she does so much. And then it, it shows uh, people who are also handicapped, like what that just because you can no longer keep up with maybe Batman, you know, doesn't mean you still can't do make a difference. Right. Well, she also, don't forget, um, leads the Birds of Prey. Yeah, that's right. She leads the Birds of Prey team. You know, so it's not even just that she's just gathering information. She's actually helping to train new heroes and stuff like that. And that the, the people actually look up to her. Right. You know, they, they see her as a, as a mentor, as someone who who has done so much and still can do more. Right. You know? Now, how do you feel about her being back now, though, in the New 52, having not... I don't... I know she was... She was crippled for a while, but yeah. I don't know if she was ever Oracle in the New 52. 
I don't think she was. They just no. had her back as Batgirl. In New right. 52, no. Yeah, no, she has been because it's been, it was. I think they said that she was crippled for about two, two and a half years. But yeah, they don't ever mention her having been Oracle, so we New don't know if that's happened or not. New Fifty Two doesn't mention a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> wisely and unwisely, fortunate for us. But what do you think about her being back and not having been Oracle? It does change a, th- a few things because Oracle was the key character where mm-hmm. you really see her shine. You know, because as Batgirl, she's just another sidekick, pretty much. Right. Well, see, I don't know. I mean, I, I I still read the 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 New Fifty Two, and she's still her own woman. What I like about her now in the New Fifty Two is she's actually questioning why they're picking the villains that they pick. We're not talking about the big ones that are obviously out to destroy the city. We're not talking those. That's obvious. But um, like for instance, there and it's and it's been a trend now for let's see if they're up to issue twenty nine. I would say about half the issues where. She's somewhere. I don't know if she was in Batgirl gear already or if she was somewhere, saw something and changed. But you, you get this inner city kid who's, you know, from I think I think it actually is a Hispanic kid. Um, and he's part of like some small kind of game. I think he's getting involved with him. I don't think he was like he wasn't like his initiation, but, you know, he wasn't like full on or whatever. And he's trying to boost a car in a garage. And it's, I think some big event that's going on upstairs where all the, you know, the hoi polloi of Gotham city is as she swoops in, but she, as she's going in, cause she'd already had whatever adventure she's been having um, for the first half of her, her book. And she's just like, you know what? I don't know if what we're doing is exactly right. She goes, yeah, crime, you know, stealing is wrong. She goes, but why am I spending my time busting people that have nothing because they're trying to steal from people that can afford to have everything. You know, so it's a very interesting part that like none of the other bat family seems to ask that question. You know, and then of course as readers, we kind of forget that too. It's like, yeah, nobody wants their car stolen, but there's a point where I'm doing nothing but protecting billionaires, you know, cars. Yeah, you know, you could just buy another one. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, like I'm, but I'm going to end up beating up this guy because it's your property. You yeah. Know? So I kind of like that question, and then that I actually like her a little bit more. For asking those questions, cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand what you were saying about when you said that Batgirl was, you know, at, at, at uh, what the hell, Rock? Um, okay, that Batgirl when she first came out as Batgirl was looked at as another sidekick. I think there was more to her, but I understand what you're saying that because you saw Oracle already. So when you yeah. see Oracle, it's almost like watching somebody become full circle. And now that they take that aspect out yep. and saying now she's just Batgirl, not that she's a plain character because Barbara Gordon has her wrinkles, yep. but just the fact that you didn't see her come full circle. And also, we don't know if Killing Joke is in tandem. I mean, it's yes. really huh? Well, because she got shot. I'm yeah. Okay, so Killing yeah. Joke is in tandem, but it, but. It, um, it's one of those things where you're like, well, you know, Oracle made her made her very interesting. You know, I always like when characters evolve. I like right. when characters move. A DC well, that's one thing DC does and Marvel doesn't do as well. Like you'll, I mean, like um, they've had different Superman, they've had different Batman. We didn't like them, but you know, we've had. That's why Marvel doesn't do it. <laughs> because don't forget, U.S. Agent. Did you like that? Nomad. No. Did you like? No, no. Nomad. That? Was, I like U.S. Agent better than Nomad, though. But that's another story. All right, but but yeah, definitely Barbara Gordon, definitely a good choice there. RT yeah, Square. No. All my choices are good. Six claws. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've heard those choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on the movies you pick out. <laughs> well, excuse me, Daredevil. Hey, 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 we can go on the list of things you've rated. <laughs> MFG trending everywhere. Who's who did you pick? Um, I picked somebody that doesn't think that MFG is trending anywhere. <laughs> um, 
my my the person I picked uh, that is a really positive role model for women is Kitty Pride of the X Men. Wow. Also known as Shadowcat. Uh, also known as Ariel. Also known as Sprite. Sprite. Yes. But she's also known as Shadowcat. Because <laughs> that's the code name she's had. Um, I liked her. They introduced um, Kitty Pride back in X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, actually, number 129, back in January of 1980. And then she was 13, 13 and a half year old, you know, but she's a computer whiz, you know, so she, she was a smart girl. I mean, they never tried to make her genius, which I also like that. Yeah. They kept her real like not like um oh you had to be born a genius in order to be like kitty price like no she just studied a lot <laughs> you know um so she was a bookworm not a yeah, nerd. I mean, more more so but i don't know if she ever considered herself a nerd but i mean you know she was she was more of your average girl who just happened to have a talent for learning computer stuff you know she wasn't like artemisia where she was the best right exactly. and that, yeah, <laughs> Ar- artemisia of um 300 just in case anybody knows what rise of a stupid empire um, <laughs> so she was reasonably smart right she, you know, she was reasonably smart she was a real girl uh she didn't she didn't look like she well she probably didn't wear any makeup she wasn't you know a size you know triple c you know breast cup she was a real person um she just wanted to read watch tv you know play with you know computers or whatever and when she got accepted to the x-men I, I, you know she didn't just become instant killer slash i'm the best that there is kind of a thing she just was the, the the wide-eyed wanderer into this new group. And, you know, she had new powers. She's around a group of adults. Think about it, because she's the only kid there. Yeah. You know, and there were she's the youngest member that's ever been, um, at least at that point. Uh, so you, you had that to look through. She was great to watch and view that way. But um, I love the fact that she became a valuable member, not just because they told us she was valuable or, again, through some unreasonable means, even for a comic book. She just, it's based on her, her team spirit, her intelligence, and her reliability. I mean, it's just, she was just a really good, solid character. And she's another character that's kind of evolved over the ages. I mean, yeah. like when, when you first, you know, were reading the X Men and she came on, she was, she was the Jubilee of that group, but better. Yeah. <laughs> and now, I mean, look at her now. Look what she's doing now. She's yeah. in She's char- leading, well, she's leading another team, you know. Right. I mean, and she had been, she had been uh, at times being left to, to, you know, lead operations, you know, along that line, but now she's leading the original X Men. And it's, I still find it funny when they call her Professor Kitty. Yeah. It's just it's just weird. Well, it's like when I hear Professor Wolverine. It's just things that shouldn't be said. Professor Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here I thought you were going to go another direction with that joke, but I'm glad you stayed safe. It's Women's Month. Thank goodness we didn't. Well, I did have a joke about uh, Mike watching 16-year-old girls, but I'm never not say that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, watching and doing are two different things. <laughs> <laughs> and really? let's keep it that way. And what would I do with that? <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> You know, um, and then when they did give her like you know fighting abilities, I like that. Uh, that it, some people don't like the reason that they how she got her fighting abilities. I don't know if you guys remember it very much. Vaguely, I remember um, because she because she actually is a highly skilled ninja assassin yeah. in her ability. She's not just good, but they didn't just go okay. Next page, she's a highly skilled ninja assassin. They said, and it was a five issue miniseries with Wolverine that she was possessed by Ogun, mm-hmm. who was. Um, who had you know like he had decades of of training and whatnot, and as when he possessed it, it left the, that knowledge in her head. It was just one of those things that it's like. Normally, I don't like when you just make a character kick ass, like when they did that with I'll, Psylocke. I'll because wait they, for you to say that. Well, because it made no sense. Don't take you away know? my fire. That's why I'm going you know, next. Yeah, that's so it I'm just didn't next. make any sense. But yeah, I liked it with Kitty because, again, fine. Maybe she didn't learn the ability on her own, but they still made her kick ass in a way that just didn't make you go, oh. <laughs> you know, I, so in that I, I really like it, and the fact that um, throughout 
many different histories where they write, you know, maybe future possible realities for the X-Men. You see her involved in politics or you see her. She's very strongly involved with mutant rights uh, in the ultimate X-Men world. She became the leader the leading face for the mutant um, rights and things like that. So I just think that she's just been a very strong character. Now, do, um, do you feel like there was a point where they started, they, they, they weren't utilizing Kitty very well? Was there was there a, a, a certain period of time where they weren't utilizing her? Because now she's been utilized very well. But was there? do you feel like there was a time where you're like, I can't really, think... you have her in that story? Or really, you have her doing that? or Not that I can think of. Um, you know, because even when they got rid of her for a couple of years, remember she was lost in space? Uh, she was in that, that big giant silver bullet kind of thing in at, space. At the conclusion of the first run of the Astonishing X-Men. Right. right. Um, I mean, so obviously she was out of commission um, then, but I can't think of any lengthy run. I mean, we're not talking about one issue here or one issue there. I can't think of any lengthy run where I just went, really, you've done that to Kitty? Because I think they've kind of kept her a little bit more innocent than most of the other characters. All right. You know. Okay. Cool. That's good. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Kitty's one of my favorite characters now. I mean, I thought she was kind of lame growing up. I was like, oh, she like now. It's like, no, Kitty's great. Leave Jubilee home. <laughs> leave Jubilee. Leave Dazzler. Leave a bunch leave of leave Dazzler alone. That's my girl. <laughs> you can have her. Keep her. Keep her away from the X Men. It'd be great. <laughs> All right. So, so now let's hit the flip side. The flip side is, of course, we talked about when we said we just spoke about women characters that are good role models for for females now let's talk about the characters that are doing damage to the female image of heroes so, so we're going from the women to the hoes i don't know about the hoes but <laughs> <laughs> wow you hope is isn't this a woman <laughs> i could have been talking about the pantyhose oh whatever <laughs> i'll start it off with mine um and it's funny because i do like this character we've heard i don't know if i said it on the podcast but outside of the podcast i've definitely said that i like this character but when you talk about um, how women how women are viewed in su- in the superhero universe, I don't know if this hero has been done justice. And that woman is. You just said Ooh. It. is it Psylocke? There you go. Oh, so we are talking about hoes. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> because here you go from Betsy Braddock for Elizabeth Braddock. Excuse me, Elizabeth yes. Braddock, who was the twin sister of Brian Braddock, aka Mister Great Britain, Captain Britain. I keep saying Great Britain, Captain Captain Britain. Or, or, or the Captain Britain of our universe, right? Right, right of our realm. So he's the so he um basically from what I understand she's blind right. when she first comes out. Well, she was we, we, when we meet her in the X Men story, she's already been blinded. She's been blinded, yeah. And then um, but she's a telepath, so she uses her abilities to see through other people's eyes. But for those who don't know, um, if for those who don't have never seen the original Psylocke, Psylocke is a very she looks like a Caucasian woman with lavender hair. Right. And a very homely looking outfit with a, I believe she, at one point she had a, a cloak and a, and, a, and, a, and a hood. Well, that's when she put the armor on because of the fact that she had no fighting skills, which right. made sense to me. Right. So, I mean, and, and it's funny because I, w- I was a big fan of Psylocke in the 90s because I started reading the X-Men more in the 90s. So I, I caught the end of Psylocke being, looking like, looking okay. like the original Elizabeth Braddock and then she gets kidnapped and they do some genetic um they genetically alter her so she goes from some homely looking white girl with lavender hair to some hot asian with like a sleek body with ninja fighting skills now i didn't have a problem with this before but now when we're talking about you know um looking at heroes that are good for women so now you're telling me that women need to be super attractive and wear short outfits 
and all that stuff in order to be relevant because right. she wasn't relevant she was relevant in the marvel universe but not i mean in, in the x-men universe but not like that now right. when psylocke is a ninja she's like in every book right and also i mean i i thought that they they gave her no more personality i mean betsy braddock because again um and i don't oh actually we did talk about this briefly because we? we talked well only because we talked about the captain britain book when we did Mike's shelf. Right. So just, to, but I don't know how much I may have mentioned. So part of uh, Elizabeth Braddock's story, not talking about the Psylocke that she's become is that, you know, she like like you said, she's the twin sister of Brian, but she became a captain Britain herself. So she's a strong woman when she was blinded. She was blinded while she was still being captain Britain. When Brian had given it up, this uh, slay master was the name of the character that literally rips her eyes out. Oh, that's the one that, yeah. that gets killed by, by, by right. By, and then by. Brian literally bashes his head in with a with a boulder. Um, but she gets blinded then. Um, but yet she's still, you know, after of course falling apart initially, she you know she regains her strength by learning to see through other people's eyes to become a functioning member of society again, and then moving on to even assisting the X Men. So that's a really good woman. But yet she still had her sensibilities, her nobilities. Fine, I understand she's not looking to sleep with every guy and she wasn't wearing a bikini all the time, but that's her personality. Every woman that you know right. does not have the same personality. Right. You know. And, and now and, and after what we talked about that, now I have a total different look at it. Not not that I like the Psylocke character any less, but I just think I, I, I look at it as she's not as great as I thought she well, you know, that's that's what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't I don't like her as much as I did before because of what that change represents right that change represented okay you know what this character is boring let's spice it up by making her a hot asian right i'm all about hot asians <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> thank you i'm all about hot asians but you know um just this was unnecessary and i just think you know it's kind of marvel showing their um showing once in a while that they can be the big boy network again right you know acting like yeah you know the boys want to see this so that's, that's my character all right ralph what about you my character is a villainess, I guess you could say. Villain S. Yeah, villainess. <laughs> is she a black chick? Vill- <laughs> villainess? Oh. If she was a black chick, maybe she'd be more exciting. <laughs> it's Harley Quinn. Oh. Oh, what's up with Mr. J's pudding? <laughs> That's the whole thing. You know, it's like here you have a woman who was a, a strong independent psych a doctor, psychologist, you know? Right. She was smart. You know, and then apparently she falls in love with her patient and then just starts following him around and doing whatever he says. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, come on, really? So and you turn. So what you're saying, I understand that you're showing how with the Joker's twist, sick, uh, twist and, and sick mind, he was able to trick her and, you know, make her fall in love with him like that. Right. But come on. You no, know? I mean, I see what you're saying. I mean, and the then, fact that she lost her personality, basically. You yeah. Know. You know, it's, it just... It just annoyed me just every time I like I read or, or see Harley Quinn, you know. Sure she's hot, you know. Granted. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the images that they have now, you know, are, are no less hot than they used to be. Yeah, I, I I'm starting to realize now when you see her, I'm like, so she's an insane killer, but she evidently took time to get a boob job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she had a moment of clarity and realized <laughs> no one's gonna like me unless I have a boob job. Actually it's one of the Joker's toys, you know, he like he, he put uh Laughing gas in them, so whenever anyone gets too close, she just squeezes them. So they're really fun bags, then. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's horrible! God, uh. <laughs> wow. But yeah, but it's just the whole the whole idea of her just you know the smart woman losing her mind and just becoming a a pet for him just to do whatever he wishes, and then he mistreats her, and she's just 
goes right back to him. It, it, it just screams, you know, battered wife. That's you know, right. that, okay. and that's definitely no, an aspect. No, no, good. no, good. no. I was gonna say no. That's actually one of the things that definitely bothered me about yeah. about Harley Quinn. The fact that she's in a, she's in an abusive relationship, and that you see the cycle of abuse. You know, the the whole idea of, you know, the 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 aggressor treats her nice until something happens wrong, and then he lashes out at her, mm-hmm. and at some point he kisses up and goes, "No, you know, everything's fine." You know, and and, and you keep you know taking it and saying, "Oh, well, he loves me," or that's the way he shows affection. Right. I feel like that that can sometimes be, um people can see that and get the wrong message from it but i think that's why they made i mean they made her a villain for another reason but i think that's one of the 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 good things about her being a villain is that you can see that as dysfunctional behavior and you can discredit it right okay i'll give you that and because cap doesn't ever watch it anymore he doesn't know that she's been on arrow yeah oh (laughs) no you haven't seen her face though you just only hear the name you hear her talking i was gonna ask you if you saw that episode Uh, i'm up to date they, oh man! Was, here's a little spoiler for you. Uh, I thought that was enough of a spoiler. No, Did no. you give that up for Lent? <laughs> I think that was enough spoiling. I'm not religious at all. <laughs> Why you religiously seem to spoil things? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my religion. They just say Suicide Squad shows makes an appearance on Arrow, right? And when they're releasing the prisoners, you hear Harley Quinn's voice in the background. No way. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of funny, you know. So I gotta check that out. Oh man, yeah, a whole season maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, Mike. Who's your? I don't want to say whore because I feel wrong for saying that, but and that would be wrong. Yeah, but she's wh- not a whore. <laughs> she's so, just she's just a lame damn character now. Okay, so what what lame female character are you gonna bring up to us? I'm gonna bring up somebody that was first introduced in August of 1958 in Superman number 123. And this is Supergirl. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying Supergirl's lame? Yeah, especially now. I mean, she was always, just like we spoke about the Silver Age, I mean, she was the counter-gender counterpart to Superman. And in that, you know, she was just kind of, you know, you know, he's busy saving the planet from being hit by meteors, and she's, you know, stopping women from buying the wrong mascara, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it was just kind of that kind of a thing. Of course, I'm exaggerating, but... I didn't mind her and um, that much. And, of course, in the 70s where they puffed her up a little bit more uh, with the, you know, the, the women's rights having taken over, even though she really never had her a book of her own, I think, during that time. But they, they kind of propped her up a little bit more during that, that point. And then she died, of course, right during the transition, really, of the um, silver – I'm sorry, of the Bronze Age going into the modern age when she died in the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth. Earth. Yeah. And that was – an incredible death and it was an incredible scene for her and it was very tastefully done and when they brought her back after that they just couldn't work her right but even then she was still mostly harmless now 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 they've just they just done her wrong really (laughs) yeah now her as the new 52 she crash lands in russia no she's not raised by the russians she just crash lands in russia because she remembers she crash lands as a late teen slash early adult Right, you know, so crash lands in Russia, where I think the I think the Americans saw the crash, so they immediately send robots there. The moment she comes out, now granted, the robots are intimidating, but they're not attacking yet. What is they? What do they have this this intelligent woman do? She immediately begins mass destruction of attacking them, not knowing even that she has these powers. But as she's fighting them, she's, these powers are coming out. She's just com, com, you know doing more and more destruction until she's basically exhausted, and she has to be saved by a man, Superman. Who then she attacks <laughs> and destroys the Great Wall of China while doing that? Oh, yeah, you know it's just that's it's, where yeah. that hole came from. Exactly, right. you know. Um, and then 
later on she has a fight with the new Lobo and we won't even talk about new Lobo during this episode um, Lobo. And, and because he, he it's not that he was um, afraid of being hurt let's say I mean you know because it's still he's still a Zarnian so he still has his, his, his strong invulnerabilities right. but he just realized that fighting Kryptonian wasn't going to be right so what does he do he starts to play mind games with her and this is a quote from the writer Charles Soule who's writing her he goes so you know she becomes irrationally angry I'm like, oh, like a woman to just become irrationally angry in the middle of a fight. You know, <laughs> I, I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. And in this, and this is where we pick up Supergirl, still current, it draws a red power ring to her. So now she is a napalm, blood spewing, hate filled Red Lantern. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Red ring? So you mean to tell me that. that Supergirl the... right now is a Red Lantern. Oh my God. As of right this moment. Blood spewing? Yes, they spew blood. She spews napalm blood. Now she doesn't spew once a month of blood. She spews more than once a month. Really, we went there. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to say it, didn't you, yes. Square? <laughs> I saw him winding up. He goes, oh. <laughs> but, but even um, prior to this, where they did that Hell on Earth, which I will never read, but I do know enough about, when they did the Hell on Earth thing where a Kryptonian comes back and tries to make Hell on Earth, but of course his name is H apostrophe E-L, Hell, um, she actually sided with him. And then, of course, when she realizes she's wrong, does she just, you know, help the fight? Nah, she shanks him with a kryptonite shard. Because that's what the women do now, right? Stab you in the back. It's just these reactions. It's like, you know, the guys get to either settle it, you know, using their strength or, you know, though they outsmarted this. It's, you know, but no, she had to shank him with a kryptonite shard. Wow. You know, so this is this is where Supergirl has just fallen off the graces. I. I don't see what kind of role model she's supposed to be. And I, cause again, I've never, I haven't really read any of her book in the New 52. So I don't know if they're trying to push her for women, but because she, she's not scantily clad. So it's not definitely the cheesecake for guys. So right. I don't know who they're trying to reach with this. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they're trying to alienate people. That's what it feels like. It feels like, you see, this is why we can't draw women. So anyhow, give rid of that book. Well, <laughs> no, unless you make it a coming of age and then she drops the Supergirl moniker and becomes Superwoman. Or just becomes Girl. Oh, <laughs> or becomes canceled. <laughs> All right, well done, well done, everybody. So there you have it. Uh, women in the hero business. Hopefully, the writers can continue to make progress. Hey guys, this is the Cap, letting you know that your voice is important. We still want to hear from you. Tell us what you thought of our last episode. Channel your inner. Mike the finance guy and let us know if we got something wrong which he's really good at doing help us with geeks on the go questions or even compliment us on our horrible impersonations your impersonations aren't that bad doc thanks Kev even though I thought that was so <laughs> show us some nerd love on Twitter at meanwhile22 or like our page on Facebook you can also check out our website at meanwhile22pageslater.com that 22 is a number and if you have enough time, send us a positive review on iTunes. Wow. We're really begging, aren't we? Now let's get back to the show. Hey, hey and welcome back to the Meanwhile 22 Hero March Madness Tournament. Um, this is round two of our four-round tournament. Last last week, we got to see round one, and we had 16 heroes, eight DC and eight Marvel, go at it to see who is the top hero in comic books. But now we've narrowed it down from the Sweet 16 to the Elite Eight. Um, so now um, we're going to see eight of these heroes 
go at it and see who's going to move on to the next round and who's not going to even be moving. <laughs> Probably something like that sounds good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so before we get into our first fight, um, let's remind everybody the rules. You know, like we said, we had 16 characters, um, eight Marvel, eight DC. And out of those eight, four were really good characters and four were lame. Marvel faced DC in each matchup and the winner moves on and the loser went home. Right now, as of last week, our, our um, well, I'm not going to go over the last week's winners because we, we're going to hear about them now. But real quick, were you guys shocked at some of the results from last week? I was shocked. I'm, I'm, I'm still amazed that, that Batman's uh, been, been gutted and in the hospital. <laughs> I think that Kev is kind of uh, a little bit upset about that. Ha <laughs> ha, Kev. <laughs> You should have seen what Echo could have done to Jack Bauer. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's fucking impossible. The only good thing is she wouldn't have heard, heard his phone ring when it, in the middle of the fight. <laughs> what are we going to say there, RT Square? I'm still mourning the loss of my boy. Oh, Nightwing. Nightwing. <laughs> Getting oh, hit. Where's your man? <laughs> and not even dying at the hands of a squirrel girl. Dying at the hands of a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> and gravity. Fucking gravity. And a rock. <laughs> Gravity Rock. All right, so let's get right to the action. But um, so our first matchup is going to be Doctor Fate versus Echo. But before we get to the play-by-play, let's have MFG let us know who is sponsoring these fighters. Well, it's going to be a good fight, I'm sure. Um, sponsoring Doctor Fate this time is Booster Gold's Seven Wonders Architectural Digest. Every page displays a magnificent erection. And uh, Echo, is uh, she's getting sponsored by Snake Eyes Super Sneaky Food Storage. For stealthy heroes that take their meals on the go, these containers will hold your sausage in place, stop your melons from bouncing, and keep your meat and potatoes from slapping around. It's really good. All right. Thank you. All right, MSG. So I guess you and I are going to start the play-by-play. And it's like I said, it's going to be Dr. Fate versus Echo opening our round two of fights. And as we see now... Um, before the Shi'ar technology starts changing it to the view, Mike, give us a quick, um, uh, a quick breakdown of who is Dr. Fate and who is Echo. He's the man that owned Captain America, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> and took his shield as, as part of it. Yeah, um, Dr. Fate, he is a, he's a member, he will, so say, he's blessed by the Lords of Order, and he's able to project magic using their powers. He also has the Helmet of Naboo to help guide him, okay. and also offer him other mystical, um, I guess, spells and whatnot. Echo is a she's a deaf fighter that's able to what do they call that physical what the, I don't know what they call it I don't, I don't have a dictionary I, mean. I don't know <laughs> it's a muscle memory kind of thing yeah exactly it's a muscle memory kind of thing but she's able to mimic mimic any fight that she's able to see so any moves that she's able to see all right that's a pretty quick breakdown and as we see now the Shira technology is starting to put up wow okay now we're in the middle of Times Square wow how original <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought we were in the middle of Times Square until I saw that we we're in the middle of Times Square. All right, so so now we have the um, the middle of Times Square. Um, you know, as the technology puts it up, all these really tacky ass billboards and Doctor Fate and Echo are in place. And let's just say that now, because of the last fight with Batman, Echo was unaware that the fight had started because she could not hear the bell. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So uh, thanks to the uh, leading into the Americans with Disabilities Act, we've actually had a light established so that she can now see that the fight has begun that's that's a good point there mfg now the funny thing is what happens if she loses this fight then we wasted all that money for these lights for nothing damn her <laughs> <laughs> all right so dr fate and echo in their starting positions and there's the bell there's the bell all right and the light. oh and echo wow taking the offensive we're getting ready to charge up 
Dr. Fate doing some of his magic. Oh, I, he's, wait, he's got that wave thing up. Nope, he's right behind her now. Yeah, oh, well, well I think nice. he did that with Captain America, didn't he? Yeah, but right now, nice move. Echo turned around and did a spin flip. And lands a few punches and a kick. Is a spin flip a thing? <laughs> it's a thing now. <laughs> wow, she's really good. She is kicking the helmet out of that man. Oh, here we go. There we go. Nice move by Dr. Fate. He said some kind of spell and repelled her away from her, getting him some distance. Yeah, it looks like that hurt there. I think she fell on her echolocation. <laughs> well, I think Dr. Fate made a really smart move by giving him some space so he can actually do some spells. Yeah, she's looking like she's starting to get up there. Hopefully, he's got a little uh, trick up his sleeve because I think she's got a few shurikens up hers. And yes, yep. Oh, wow. Oh. She is tossing those things left and right there. Oh, and I think she, she, I think she dinged them. Yeah. Oh, he, he does not look too happy there. Yeah, he hates getting hit in the helmet. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, uh, he's waving his hands around right now. He does that a lot. Yeah. yeah, but it's not in Kung Fu style. So what is he possibly doing? I don't know. I see a lot of smoke hitting on the floor. There's either she is smoking or, oh, I hope it's not like with Captain America. Oh, man, that was tragic. That was, a, that was a burning mess over there. there but yeah. there is smoke everywhere around her. Yeah, but I don't smell any, any burning flesh. Therefore, I don't think anybody's burning. And she's not screaming, but she's standing there and she seems to be, she's kind of holding at her head. And she's looking around. People down there, I'm getting people down there, they're saying that she's saying that she can hear. That's amazing. That Dr. Dr. Faye gave her the power to hear. That is amazing. That is really actually kind of nice of him. But no, no, but, but what, why would he do this in a battle? Oh, wait a minute. Look, now she's clutching her ears really, really hard. Well, there's some guy out there telling that she looks fat in her outfit. Oh, man. That's pretty <laughs> mean there, too. A anybody wouldn't like that, whether you can hear or not hear. So she's pretty really distracted, but also all these sounds seem very overwhelming for her. I mean, between the insults and, and just all these sounds. And it looks like Fate is taking advantage of that. He's now just done another spell, and he's popped up behind her. Oh, no. Here we go. Wait. Oh! Oh! Right to the head with Captain America's shield. Insult to injury. Wow. And oh. and wait a minute. Is, is she even going to get up from that? No, I don't think she will get up from that. I don't think she's getting up with that. That was kind of a slap to the head and a crunch to the skull. And the ref officially waved it off. It is over. It yep. is over. There's that ending bell. There we go. Dr. Fate using his powers to knock off Echo. Wow. And that was one hell of a fight. But that fight itself, though, was sponsored by Brother Voodoo's Jamaican Shack. Chicken, beef, pork. In fact, there's no meat he can't jerk. And now let's get back to Cap in the Meanwhile 22 Control Center. And thank you, MFG. All right, we're back here at the Meanwhile 22 Control Center. Um, just a recap on that last fight. Fight one in the books, Dr. Fate beating echo with captain america's shield now i don't know what about i don't know how i feel about that being that i'm the cap but i obviously victory was not in the fate for echo yeah i know corny all right so <laughs> that was pretty damn corny <laughs> so very much so let's send it over to mfg with our sponsors for our combatants who's sponsoring our combatants for this next fight of spider-man and catwoman Oh, well, we're lucky enough to have Catwoman uh, and Spider-Man doing battle for us to hopefully see some good blood and guts, I'm hoping here. But in the meantime, uh, Catwoman got sponsored by the Wayne Rescue Mission for Wayward Boys. Bruce Wayne personally guarantees that he'll never leave your boys behind. <laughs> and uh, Spider-Man, well, he's gotten sponsored by a new sponsor because um, we had a couple of superheroes leave the business. Superheroes Black Cat and Nexus also known as Felicia Hardy and Horatio Hellpop, have left the superhero sector for the private sector by opening a DIY car repair shop. That's right, Felicia and Horatio are the proud co-proprietors of Auto Felicio. Leave feeling satisfied knowing you did it yourself. <laughs> I just think that is a wonderful, wonderful thing to have in this day and age now. That is right, that is right. I actually took my car to them. 
Yeah. It's running great now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, you get to play with your own pistons there. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I've had my uh, tailpipe cleaned out a few times there. <laughs> so we're getting ready here for this fight, I guess. It's going to be coming up. That's right. It's a Catwoman and Spider-Man. Let's see this. Uh, the battlefield is, is changing now. Yeah, I love that Shi'ar technology. It's incredible. I see a, a large, what is that, red-orange structure. It's kind of foggy. It's kind of foggy. It's very foggy, in fact. But I think that's a, it's a bridge, isn't it? Yes, it's the Golden Gate Bridge, oh, in fact. very nice. San very Francisco. Nice. Never been. We should go. It's a lovely place. Yeah, well, I've seen it destroyed lots of times with the, uh, what was that big movie with the robots? Uh, which one? Monsters uh, versus Aliens? No, no. The good one. The one that Cap hates. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Uh, Pacific Garbage. <laughs> Pacific Rim. Yes. That was a really good movie. But anyhow, we've been stalling long enough. That's the, the Shi'ar technology has fully built. Our heroes look like they're getting out onto the field there. And they're ready to fight. And there's the belt. Ooh, and it looks like the Shi'ar is adding a little bit of extra tech in there because it's put some moving cars down on there. Yes. During... Not so much rush hour, but I, I would say that's the speed zone right now. Because well, those cars are around. Those cars are f flying by. Yeah, well, it's, luckily our, our our combatants are smart enough to get off of that that road there. That's right. They each jump to the side, and it appears that Spider-Man's gone in the offensive, He's shooting webbing right at Catwoman. Well, that wasn't too bright on him his part there, because she is very agile. She's just bouncing from cable to cable and avoiding them like well, like she's Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> she must have some pussy sense. <laughs> well, she's Catwoman. That's right. And it appears that Catwoman's made it to the top, and now Spider-Man's swinging up to try to reach to her. That doesn't look like the wisest move either, because, uh, well, he's getting closer, but, um, oh, he's just released himself from the webbing. Yes, it appears that he's sort of catapulted himself towards Catwoman. Oh, that was good. Oh, except for that she just ducked it, and um, what is she doing there? She's whipped out her whip! <laughs> Which is what you do. That's right. <laughs> she's grabbed it around his ankle, and it appears he just keeps on going. Yeah, but she's stopped him now because he's he was falling, but he's, I guess attached to the whip, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's going down. What do you think she's going to do next? I don't know, but she's making a good stance up there. Oh, yeah. I think, wait, she's pulling up on the whip. Oh, this is, can't be good. This cannot Ooh, Oh, I you, can hear that from here. Oh, it almost sounded like Nightwing's neck. <laughs> oh, it, it just really just sounded like a bunch of Pringles. I really want some Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon, Mike. Too soon. Oh. But it looks like he just got his neck cracked. I guess we'll have to wait for the ref to um, yep. to get up there. He's and, uh, waving it off. That's it. Yep. And there's the bell. Spider-Man is dead. Yeah, he's just kind of like tilting his head side to side. It's just moving like it's just a, a water balloon. Yes, it's very sad to see such a, a, an athlete in his prime cut down by a whip in the next one. I guess he knows what Gwen Stacy feels like now. <laughs> and that was just another amazing fight there. I don't know what's going on out there, but... These heroes are battling it up. But that fight uh, was also sponsored by the Victoria's Secretly Leadline Lingerie. Because you know damn well he's checking you out with X-ray vision. <laughs> so now let's take it back to Cap at the M22 control panel. Take it away! Alright, thank you very much. <laughs> Who would believe that last fight? Fight number two, major upset with Catwoman and Spidey. I mean, the pussy didn't get caught up in the web. I really thought that she, she said she was going to catch... She was gonna catch a bad one by Spider-Man, but Spider-Man caught the bad one. It was that was just a case of uh, uh, bad luck and karma. I was gonna say poetic justice is definitely what we were asking <laughs> for. Um, before we move on to the next fight, um, RT Square, I've just realized every um, or at least a couple of fights the year in, I've noticed that people's necks are getting snapped. Is this a trend that's starting? 
Well, who says I'm fixing these fights? I'm not fixing these fights. <laughs> right, right, Wait, right. Call the bookie. Call the bookie quick. <laughs> well, right. call the bookie quick because this fight's going to be a blowout. Um, yeah, I, I think so. Anyway, Wonder Woman versus Squirrel Girl. But before we get to that, MFG, please let us know who are sponsoring our two combatants. Well, again, everyone's got to get a sponsor. And uh, Wonder Woman managed to get a sponsor from Mira's Seafood Palace. Stop in and munch on her famous tuna taco. But keep in mind, she also has crabs. And Squirrel Girl, she's gotten sponsored by Dr. Pym's Tough Love Doggy Daycare. Because Hank Pym knows that sometimes it takes a firm hand to make a bitch listen. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you, MFG. All right. So it's me, the cap, and RT Squared doing the play-by-play for the matchup of Wonder Woman versus Squirrel Girl. Now, before the fight starts, um, RT Squared, can we give a brief breakdown of who these two characters are? Well, like we have before, we got Wonder Woman, the amazing Amazon from uh, Themyscira. And we have Squirrel Girl, the... Hot looking girl in a squirrel outfit. <laughs> I think you say the, the, the great looking girl from the Great Lakes Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's our brief, our brief piles. Ah, Shiar Technology working right away. And oh, and they're changing from the, the beautiful confines of San Francisco to the Am- Amazon Jungle. Amazon Jungle. Wow, I wonder who's going to have the advantage here. I would. No, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You in the zombie apocalypse. That's right. <laughs> okay, so wait a minute. I only see Wonder Woman out there getting ready to start the fight. I don't see no sign of Squirrel Girl. Well, come on. It's trees, obviously. She has to be hiding somewhere within. Yeah, them. but can they even start the fight now? Wait, she's talking to the ref. And there's the bell. That's right. Yeah, Wonder Woman's kind of waiting around. And Squirrel Girl jumps out of a tree, like I said. Oh, jumping out of the offensive. Ooh, gets punched right in the face. She just slapped her away like it was a fly. Wow, Wonder Woman really gave um, Squirrel Girl a real punch. So now uh, Wonder Woman's there, ready to get again in the offensive. Yep. Who's that? You know, she takes off her tiara and throws it into the trees. Who said jewelry is not functional? Wait a minute. Now I see why it's functional. All these branches are coming down. She's using the branches as an offensive. That's right. Really smart move by Wonder Woman. Good job. Squirrel Girl falls out of the tree, and there goes Wonder Woman going right after her. Oh, wow. She's going for a nice lunge, but oh, as as she goes for the lunge, Squirrel Girl does a monkey flip and flips her off of her. Yeah, that's, that's got to be a rough landing. Definitely WWE move there for sure. <laughs> oh, but Wonder Woman's not letting up. She's coming right at Squirrel Girl, giving her a barrage of punches. But wait, what's that sound? I think she's talking to a squirrel. Hey, squirrel Girl's talking to squirrels again. That's, that's right. They're coming right at her. Oh, they're coming right at Wonder Woman and Squirrel Girl as Wonder Woman's pounding on Squirrel Girl. I think they're taking something off of Wonder Woman's belt. They actually have the lasso. There's no way this is happening. And, and they pass it to Squirrel Girl as she... She does it. Yep. She... she Wonder Woman is tied up by her own lasso. Oh, my God. I cannot believe this. Wait, I'm, I'm trying to see if I could read lips here. Because right now, I've never seen Wonder Woman tied up by her own lasso. Hold on. Let me use my bad lip reading skills. Bad lip reading skills. I want some ice cream oil. I am going to kill you, she says. <laughs> wow. And, and that, I guess she's tied up by the lasso. So that's the truth. That's right. That fight was just something else. I don't understand what's up with that that girl with the squirrels, but she seems to be moving along. She's quite nutty. I guess she is. You know, Wonder Woman always said that she doesn't trust anybody that likes that much nuts. But anyhow, um, this this fight was sponsored by the Hercules and Ares Greek Spa for Men. Nude hot oil wrestling classes daily. And no matter your nationality, they guarantee you'll feel a little Greek in you by the end of your stay. So now back to Cap in the control center for Meanwhile 22. 
All right, so now we're at the, we're at the the last fight of this round. But first of all, before I even get into that, I'm very surprised how this um, tournament's gone so far. And I know a lot of the people have been, you know, um, surprised as well. So if you have any comments, please hit us up on Facebook. Please hit us up on Twitter. Please hit us up on our on our email um, because this way we get we get to know how you guys feel about it. Please I mean, don't hit us. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing: I did not see Wonder Woman losing to Squirrel Girl. Not at all. I mean, even more so than than Catwoman beating Spider Man, but I mean, hey, yeah, I don't know that that I wouldn't want an angry Amazon as as a future foe. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I, I wonder if Squirrel Girl comes out the winner of this whole tournament and one woman comes back for revenge and stabs her. <laughs> Just you know, like ah, take that bitch. <laughs> All right, so now we're on to our final fight, fight four of round two, which is going to be Ms. Marvel, Carol Danvers versus Superman. So before we get to that fight. MFG, please let us know who is sponsoring our combatants. Well, the Man of Steel is back in this fight for round two, and he is sponsored this time by Krypton Pop Rocks Candy. Every pack is like having a planet full of pompous juice bags exploding in your mouth. And uh, Ms. Marvel has been sponsored by She-Hulk's Gamma Workout and Extreme Weightlifting. Members say her deadlifts are incredible. But her snatch is amazing. <laughs> really, really good workout I've heard. <laughs> I, I can imagine, that, especially the bending down and standing up, definitely. <laughs> I, I can attest. I, I've tried her workout, and her snatch is amazing. All right. <laughs> well, there we have it. There we go. So so I guess, MFG, you and I are going to do the play-by-play for, for this one. Um, real quick, Ms. Marvel versus Superman. Give us a tale of the tape. What's the bio on these two people? Well, he's the man of steel. He's the last son of Krypton. But he's not. <laughs> He's the all-around guy with the all-around powers. And Ms. Marvel, she's a woman of might herself there. Uh, she absorbs energy. She fires it back out. She is super-duper strong and a uh, really good flyer. All right. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So let's get ready with this last fight, fight number four. And Shi'ar technology working its magic, MFG. Yeah, it looks like I'm going back in time on this one there. I'm seeing a lot of togas. I was about to say, I, I forgot my toga at home because it looks like we're in... <laughs> Looks like we're in the middle of the Roman Colosseum back, nice. back in the heyday. BC, obviously. Yeah. I think you were there for that, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. And, and you were babysitting for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this fight's about to begin. And it looks like Superman and Marvel Girl. Uh, Marvel Girl. Oof. She wow. Would, she would kill me if I said if I <laughs> She <said> probably that. <laughs> will. <laughs> and they're getting ready. And they get in position. And... Uh, there's the bell. There's the bell. All right. There we go. Superman just standing there with that pose he very smug. He's such a cocky bastard, isn't he? Oh, wait. Look at look at Mar- uh, Ms. Marvel. She's coming at him flying really fast. And he's not moving. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. That, she hit him so hard it drove him to his knees. <laughs> How did he not block that? <laughs> I think he thought that it was just not going to hurt. I, obviously, he did, not, he did not do his homework on, the, on this person. Not at all. But um, mm. yeah, it evidently hurt because he is he's... Still a little groggy on his knees, in fact. Oh, so it looks like um, Ms. Marvel, is she taken to the skies? Yeah, well, she's pretty smart that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not a dumb girl, that Carol Danvers. Yeah, well, Soup's finally getting back to his feet there, and he's looking mad. And, uh, yep, there it goes. Oh, I was waiting for that. Yeah, the heat vision's zipping right up there. Yeah, but it looks like it hasn't done anything to, to Ms. Marvel. Well, she didn't even go out of the way. But like you said earlier, kind of like, you know, she's absorbing it, I, I yeah, imagine. Yeah, I, I guess so, because she's she's not even looking affected by it at all. Oh, uh, Soup's doesn't look happy about this one. Flying right up to Marvel Girl. Why do I keep calling Marvel Girl? She's gonna punch me right now. I don't now. know, but she's gonna kill you. <laughs> well, right now she's getting killed right now, getting oh. punched in the face. Ooh. Oh, that's another one. That's not the kryptonite kick. That's like three or four hit, hit punches combinations. Kick punch, kick punch. Oh my goodness. I think you missed a few kick punches, kick punch. <laughs> that's how fast they were there. <laughs> 
Oh, wait. Whoa. Oh, nice blast there. I guess we know where that uh, solar energy went. She Obviously, strategically, she said, I'm going to hold this energy and just shoot Superman back. And just what she did. Yeah, but it knocked him right into the crowd of spectators. Oh, man. That's a little dangerous right there. Yeah, and it just looked like it just uh, Superman just knocked one of the spectators and his coffee just spilled on Lois Lane there. Oh, man. So, so we're not worried about anybody being hurt, but we're worried about coffee? Well, yeah, because well, Lois is busy. She's, she's throwing a tantrum there. I think her notes are ruined. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't know what I find more amazing, the fact that Superman was just knocked into the stands by Ms. Marvel or that Lois is using pencil and paper in this day and age of iPads. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this much. Either way you look at it, Supes does not look pleased. No, he's got that, like, cranky Superman look. Oh, and there he goes, charging right at Ms. Marvel. Oh, God, he has got her. He's a few punches to the stomach, and he's got her by the neck now. Oh, man, we've seen this position before. What uh, are you going to do here? I don't know, but... Oh! Oh! oh. Really? Oh, Supes. Again? Again. Holy cow. Superman, a crack to the neck. Oh, my killing gosh. Killing Ms. Marvel. Wait, Ralph had to be in the building for this one. That happened. Oh, <laughs> I never left. I was in the corner <laughs> fixing the fight. <laughs> I have never seen so many neck cracked by this man. Over a spilled, pe uh, spilled pizza, a uh, spilled coffee. Yeah, well, Lois's notes are very important. She's got a paper to get out. Ah, Superman is the winner. Wow, once again, that crunching is still echoing in my ears. But let's just say that this uh, last fight uh, was sponsored by the Magneto's Genosha Cohabitation Condominiums, bringing together humans and mutants in a luxury living environment. Because remember, although Magneto might be superior, he's still just a homo like you. <laughs> so now back to the MWAL 22 uh, control panel for a post-fight recap. All right, here he is. <laughs> here he is, the cap, here to talk to you about um, what happened in those past four fights of the second round. And here to join me is MFG and RT Square. So, guys, how do we feel about this last round of fights? I mean, the first round was shocking, but this round seems like it was more, um, a lot of more twists and turns than we expected. Yeah, well, definitely a lot of more twists and turns. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Spider-Man backer there, and... Uh... I just didn't see Catwoman getting the, getting ahead of that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice, nice going. And RT Square, well, um, how are you feeling about what the twists and turns that went on? Well, that Squirrel Girl, you know, she's making some amazing strides here in this fight. Speaking of twists and turns, tying up Wonder Woman like that, you know she's made an enemy for life. It's yeah, just, I know. It's just crazy. Or at least a really good friend. Those Amazons like to be tied up. <laughs> <laughs> and they're always around women, so I can imagine they could be forgiven. <laughs> I, uh, one thing I just got to say is that, I mean, with all these fights going on, I don't know. I just feel like Squirrel Girl, I mean, you know, how long does this luck last? How long does this luck last of her getting her ass beat and then the squirrels coming in to, to, to help yeah. her out in the end? You, you know, at some point you might just have to say that it's skill and not luck. Yeah, but I this point is not, it's not, not any point. I guess so. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I mean, um, next week is definitely not going to be any any um, easier because from what I'm looking at, next week is going to be a, a really tough matchup for Squirrel Girl. Who, who do you favorite in these next Well, matches? what do we have our, for our two matches? Because that's coming down to the semifinals. Well, well, well just before we get to that, let's, let's recap all the matches that we just did. Um, Dr. Fate defeats Echo. Okay. Spider-Man loses to Catwoman because his neck snapped. Wonder Woman loses, I don't know how, to Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl. <laughs> and Superman handles Ms. Marvel. I he manhandled. I didn't call her Marvel Girl this time. <laughs> well, well, and, and lucky for you, she can't kill you for constantly calling her Marvel Girl. Because <laughs> she's dead. <laughs> Make energy out of that. All right. So in, in, in the final four, we have Dr. Fate versus Catwoman. How do you guys feel about that matchup? Well, obviously, it's going to be Dr. Fate. 
Come on. You don't know. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, boobs versus helmet. I don't know what's going to go on there. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. This will be the first time that, that Catwoman has fought somebody that deals with magic. Everybody she's, thought, she's fought was, she fought Wolverine in the first round. She fights Spider-Man in the second round. So this is the first time she's going to be dealing with somebody with magic. She I don't might, know how she's going to overcome that. She's going to be off her game, but I, I still think it's Dr. Fate. All right. And our second matchup is going to be Squirrel Girl, the, 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 the David of this tournament, versus the Goliath known as Superman. How do we feel about that? I uh, think that Squirrel Girl is going to get buried. I, I, I say just look at a mosquito hitting a car at 50 miles an hour, and there you have your answer. Wow, okay. So I'm wondering how this is going to turn out. So you know what you guys need to do? You guys need to go to the Meanwhile 22 Pages Later um, page. And definitely tell us who you think is going to win the final four. Yeah. And check out the, uh, we'll have the latest uh, standing uh, poster up there. Yeah, we'll put so the updated brackets, right? Yeah, get the brackets updated. And then, Mike, I have some Pringles for you just in case for the next fight. Oh, thank goodness. That, <laughs> all that crunching just made me so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our post-game um, segment. So just know right now, don't go anywhere. Meanwhile, Meanwhile 22 is not done because Geeks on the Go is next. Geeks on the go. All right. We already know what we're going to do, but I'm not going to say. What are we going to do? First, I'm going to give a shout out. What are we going to do? <laughs> wow. No, I Wait, said. Who the hell would you give a shout out to? We're both here. Oh, hush. <laughs> no, no. I want to give a shout out to my boy, Bosch Tista and Cheyenne over at 4 Life Podcast. It's a wrestling podcast on the iTunes network. So if you get a chance, please check these guys out, especially if you like wrestling. So, by the way, 4 Life is spelled with Roman numerals. So it's an I and a. And a V Life podcast. So um, shout out to my boy Bosch Tista doing a great job over there, and Cheyenne with a very interesting voice. Um, by the way, Bosch um, Kev says, "Yo, will you stop sounding like Ben Stein? You're boring me to death over here." <laughs> 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 I'm like, really, Kev? You're gonna start critiquing stuff? And shout out to Bueller. Kev. Bueller. 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 <laughs> I, you know, I wonder how many of our listeners actually know about that show. I mean, that show, that that um, movie. I and wonder how, many, show. I wonder how many of our listeners actually listen. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph doesn't listen. Sometimes you say things and you're like, I just said that. <laughs> well, I wonder how many people actually have seen the first Bueller Stay Off. It's a good movie. <laughs> and it sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's get to what we're here for. You know the drill. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. And wait, we... wait, quick answers? Answers. <laughs> Answers. We don't give cancers. <laughs> We're not cigarettes. <laughs> Gigi, stop smoking cigarettes. <laughs> I'm smoking all the time. <laughs> I'm just naturally hot that way. <laughs> no, you're just people are trying to burn you up. That's what that <laughs> His jokes are corny. <laughs> Quick, burn him. <laughs> all right. So, are we ready? ready? We are ready. I think we can make it under a minute today. Not at this rate. We'll watch. <laughs> Just watch. Ready, set, and go. Who has the least functional outfit? Power Girl or Psylocke? RT Square. Um, they both work for me, so they're, they're pretty much functional. Fucking horn dog. <laughs> <laughs> Mike. Let's see. Psylocke has the up the crack leotards, and Power Girl has the peekaboo titties. Um, the least functional? I say Psylocke with all that flipping. <laughs> all that flipping. Nice. All right. Which female hero should. Have been pregnant already. Which female hero should have been pregnant already? Catwoman from Batman or Black Canary from Green Arrow? Mike. Um, well, Catwoman's already had a woman pre-52. I mean, had a baby pre-52, and that didn't work out too well. I think Black Canary should be pregnant by now. All right. That means Ollie, I guess, is shooting blanks. Wow. <laughs> Ralph. I, I think it should be Black Canary because we all know cats drink the milk. 
Ah, okay. <laughs> who who has made a, a a physical transformation for the better, Rogue or our girl Psylocke? Mike. Well, I think the forty-year-old post-prison Dyke Rogue looks much better now than she ever has. So I'm going to go with Rogue. All right, uh, Ralph. I'm going to have to go with Rogue also because you know before she looked like she was a, a monster from The Walking Dead. Wow, you didn't even watch the show. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> and last but not least, who is a female hero or villain that you would you would not want to piss off? Ralph. Uh, the Invisible Woman. Because, you know, you piss her off, she turns invisible, and then she still nags you. <laughs> oh, wow. You're going to hell. <laughs> MFG. Uh, neither a female hero nor a female villain. The person I wouldn't want to piss off is Mary Tyler Moore. Because if she can turn the world on with her smile, I don't want to know what in the world she can do if she's pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) Mary Tyler Moore, another reference that probably nobody knows. (laughs) She can turn the world on with her smile. Okay, no more singing. We're not doing (laughs) warm-ups. So there you have it for another great episode for episode 27. So on behalf of MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, and RT Square, Ralph the Tech, this is The Cap saying keep it geeky. And happy spring, everyone. No no more bitching about snow. (laughs) 